TNE Network. on this a little bit it's been a minute it's been a minute and we're i mean we're covering the la- the last the final is that debatable i is think it-, it might be last studio album right? yeah right oh yeah they could- there's a lot a lot done back here i mean yeah and you can't anyway you're listening to fair warning we heard you missed us so we're back and uh to my left it's El Pagano. Hola, muchachos. To my right, MC Sacred G. Hello. As always, I am the thick white duke, and we uh, came to get nerdy about Van Halen. And we haven't done it in about a year. You, you were just saying, you did the mental math, and we're, we're coming up real close if we're not there. Yep. So, you know, again, to hit the method of trying to get into the, the overall state of mind of Van Halen at this point. <laughs> Um, just following in their footsteps it's just a lot of time that went on between the last uh, recordings we get of them this one this, I'm a little bit overwhelmed uh, to unpack all of this can we, can we at least take our time and Decompress. soak in this one you know what can some, we, yeah. you know, there's no bad questions <laughs> there's no we're, we're going to forgive ourselves and, and I, I, gotta, I gotta say I'm, I'm personally sorry I think we're all as a group personally sorry to uh Augie, could you tell us who reached out to us? Well, it was a uh, a listener reached out to uh ask when the next one was coming. So we missed yeah. her uh at Markificent. Markificent, <laughs> wonderful handle. So awesome. Thank yeah. you for uh, keeping us in check. <laughs> keeping us honest. This one's for you. Uh, indeed. Um but you know, Chris, to get warmed up yeah, there's been a lot of there's been kind of like a lot of Van Halen ish adjacent news that went on over the last year before uh, or between where we left off and now uh, there was the uh, the Taylor Hawkins tribute, which was just kind of ended up being a tribute to a lot of people actually. Yeah. If you noticed, nice. There's yeah. a lot of people with the flying the missing man formation that night, but uh, definitely that first weekend. In England, when Wolfie showed up, oh man, <laughs> was mind blowing. And, and you, you kind of hoped when you saw him show up, you hoped like this is just going to crack open. Yeah, and then it did. And then it did. delivered. Yeah, especially that one shot where you could see Grohl behind him when he was uh, when he was playing, just fanboying. Totally, he was having a great time being in that just in that moment. I think his expression was how everybody felt when he went on stage. <laughs> yeah, uh, with him. And did they 
what was the lineup? What was the lineup that played some of the Van Halen well, songs? Uh, so Dave Grohl was on bass. Yeah. Justin Hawkins on vocals, and I thought it was Josh Freeze playing the drums. Yeah, I think so. And a great lineup. Oh, <laughs> hammers. And they just killed it so hard, and it was so perfect. <laughs> what was it? It was he played Hot for Teacher. Yeah. And uh, was it on fire? Yes. Was the other one. And uh, they didn't play one of those at the LA one, which I know that one didn't get televised, but we were all watching that guy's bootleg stream on uh, right. YouTube together, uh, enjoying it. Yeah. Different show, but it was, yeah, uh, that was great to see. And also it lets him kind of put it all to bed and people can quit asking him to play Panama at every show he ever does. Or maybe it made it worse, I don't know. But I think we do have to go backwards to go forwards on this one because there's a lot of random stuff that happens in between. It's like, it's a long time span, but it's peppered with some uh, interesting... Yeah, it's not like nothing happened over that period. There was things. But like back to Wolf, like so... I think we covered it in the in the last one, right? With the um, the best of albums, mm-hmm. so he plays on that, and then the conversations kind of in the back, slowly kind of, ha- yeah, forming in the background, I guess. Say so, hey, all who have the last name Van Halen can stay in the band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Raise your hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't gonna work out for him. You know that mullet was just saying don't. You know what? Fuck it, Mikey. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. Don't raise your hand. Do you know what's nice? Sammy and Cabo. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, the circle. Those are nice guys. Those are nice guys. They like me over there. Sammy said he was hanging out with uh, this guy named Chad. Seems to be a drummer. I don't know. You guys could probably have fun. Yeah. He's Mike going to be all right. But uh, it was coming to terms with Wolfie coming on the scene. And honest to God, I don't think this album would have happened without his work behind the scenes how old is wolfie at 15 right very young when when this album was made or when that was going on earlier i think he was probably about 16 maybe when the record was released but young and just a young and that's crazy it's nuts he's like you you like this idea all right yeah and i like that about eddie just giving him giving that space and we've got Wolfie, who now has to get put into, you're replacing the fucking superhero. Not very fair. And but you're also a good kid too. He took I, it I think stride. Wolfie, I, I think Wolfie has a lot of Michael in him. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, just a mullet shy. <laughs> well, but I can't figure out though, like because the the band and that whole camp is so secretive. It's so hard to find specific. Cause I keep wondering, you mentioned Dave earlier. It's like, when did he come into play? Cause I know when we talked about it last, it was like rock and roll, rock and roll hall of fame era. That's when they touched base. Yeah. And then got the best of album done. But I mean, we're talking like what that was 2007, 2008. So between then and the album releasing in 2012, like that's a big gap. And there's not really like, I never, Heard or so on. Our crack research team must suck <laughs> because I couldn't figure out when Dave, like I knew he was ten. I don't know, like he leaves and he came back, or he's just. Was this while he was off in Japan, or is this why he was off being an EMT? Well, he's he's or is it all that? It's all that and, and a bag of chips. Um, he's a, he's already done some tracks with these guys, but he won't sing the full tracks. You know, to catch us up, catch us up. We're again, we're catching ourselves up here. Um, he won't do the full stuff because he knows that uh, I'm, I'm just not going to give you a, a complete song. 
What are you talking about? The recording this album or the last one? The, the last, the last the one. Best we're, of. What we're, yeah, what we're coming off of. That's right. Um, and now we're going to talk about a, a different kind of truth. Here comes out in uh, February seventh, two thousand twelve. They work on it for about nine months, which is not necessarily a Van Halen sort of way. In the early days, with the with what you almost thought was an original lineup, but not really because we got Wolfie in here. But it's not like Wolfie's holding anybody back. Wolfie's mm-hmm. got nothing in this. You know, he's just, he's capable hands at this point, but he's also the, the flint. It's the best possible scenario. Yeah. Really. If, if you're going to lose Mike, he's, it's part of Eddie's genius or nepotism or both, but it fucking worked out. And didn't he announce that on Howard Stern at some point that, it, like, when they made it official, oh, that yeah. Wolf was in it, and we're going to be uh, recording and going on tour? Can't remember what year that was, but Howard always seems to be getting the scoops. Totally, people people <laughs> like talking to him. I don't know why. <laughs> I think he shits on Valerie Bertinelli so much, like in some of those old interviews. Oh my god! If he's talking to Dave, he'll shit on the on the the band. If he's talking to the band, he'll shit on Dave. Yeah, yeah. Because that first time when Dave came back, I think they already said, like, Wolfie's in, Mullet's out. But then you're talking, like, that's 2006. And before they start recording that album, I was trying to read up on uh, that their new producer, John Shanks. Like, they were still looking for a guy. I think they had demos ready to that they yeah, were working on. They, it was interesting, though. Like, they um, they were throwing different names around, like, for producers. And one of them was... One of the names in the hat was Rick Rubin. I read that and was very excited about the possible possible uh, timeline that would have spurred. Can we can we sidebar a second and and talk about what do you think that album would have been like if they did pick Rick Rubin? Probably would have sounded like Fair Warning. Because <laughs> that's Rick. That's what Rick does. Is he makes you go back and recreate like your most classic album? But that's I've, his whole thing. Some people kind of. People, the nerds online, the Van Halen nerds, um, not saying it's like Fair Warning, this album, but more in the vein of the old school. Yeah. I'm sure, like, yeah. Well, they're old songs. Yeah. Songs. But if Rick Rubin was doing it, that would be crazy. I don't think it would have been bad. <laughs> but this is assuming that Rick Rubin could keep this whole thing together. That's. I wonder if his approach to kind of Buddha hands off that he likes to fucking throw out there. Might not fly with keeping this dynamic together because of all the egos in the room. Because of all the egos in the room, all the different kind of kind of work ethics, Eddie might burn Rick out in two weeks. <laughs> like Eddie might just be like, "Hey, it's it's one fifteen a.m. I got a great idea. Come over." And Rick's like, "I was I was thinking about okay." And you do that six seven times, and all of a sudden, you know, Eddie's taken up that. There's a lot of moving parts here, and I think what kept Eddie at bay is that we've got Wolfie kind of driving the ship, and then we've got someone with uh, with John Shanks who is steeped in producing, but he's not. Oh, his resume is crazy, it's ridiculous! Yeah. Songwriting and production, he's just yeah. kind of all over it. But at no time is Van Halen taking a swing at like a hardcore rock producer, like heavy metal producer, or like anybody who's like, oh, the producer's going to have a little bit of, you know, um, lasso work to do and, and, and whatnot. I think they're getting someone capable who can just 
Be like, whatever the dynamic is, I'm getting paid by the hour. I can fucking nail this thing. Um, I think, a, a, you know, a producer as as an identity on this one might might actually tank it. Well, it's interesting. You had yet there's a lot of things you said I wanted to touch back on because uh, Rick Rubin came up because he was working with Sabbath with Tommy Iommi. So mm-hmm. him and Ed are homies, and then right. so John Jenks, Tommy Iommi, Tommy, Tommy Iommi. <laughs> of course. And, um, but um, I think Dave was uh, friends with Jenks, and um, it is interesting they yeah. went with him. Just can, I mean, why not go with someone who has a wide swath of people under their belt? as him producing it but you mentioned like the egos in the room and him having to corral that um i found this killer interview with him i think i mentioned it already but um who was that it was uh it's dave and dave unchained is that the you ever heard that podcast Uh no um they get some pretty good guests on one of them was this guy so if you hit that uh clip number five he kind of talks about that working with uh those different dynamics with the with the talent was it nerve-wracking for you knowing that these guys were gods that you grew up worshiping and then on top uh, of that having no i i i had the listen by the time i was, had worked with them i uh i'm, I'm not you, trying to be oh no no we know you, your I mean, track I, record speaks for itself yeah absolutely. right i mean i had produced fleetwood mac oh, i sure produced i produced rod stewart i produced uh some really big celine dion i produced you know, the rainbow of pop and rock. Right. And I've dealt with the divas and the rock stars. I've <laughs> right. worked with, you know, Sting and Annie Lennox. And, right. And Robbie Robertson. And I thought, okay, you know, I was ready. Right. I, and I, you know what? I, I fucking needed to be because <laughs> it was a, um, not to get into the dirt, it was, right. it was, uh, I needed every bit of experience to, to, to take on this project because, you're dealing with very creative, powerful presence in the room, right. and you have to be on your toes. Sure. Because you never know which person's showing up that day. That's true. Wow. <laughs> What's cool is um, John Shanks is that he, in, during that interview, you just you, you realize how big of a fan he was. Like, he was there at the Us Festival when oh, those wow. guys played. Um, I think he managed to sneak into the even the um the rehearsal before that but um anyways so uh shit where were we at they got they got shanks <laughs> they need see sounds like the uh the guy the, the only guy for the job that's that's what i think too so he's i mean and they'd have to cancel this tour for he had got divert diverticulitis oh yeah i don't even know what that is that's why I left it off my list. I couldn't pronounce it. <laughs> yeah. Because around that, there was something else I, I, I uh, our crack research team found. But it, I think it was like in 2009 is when we might have mentioned it in an old podcast because in an interview with Iomi, Tommy Iomi was saying how his hand was hurting. And then Ed's like, oh, yeah, I went to a guy. I'll give you his name. Because Ed had to go around 2009. He had like a twisted tendon, bone spur, and um, assist in his thumb, j- thumb joint because the way he holds his thumb. Oh, yeah. And it, it was, there was All backwards and... Totally. He, supposedly, it's just like almost like a 90-degree thumb. <laughs> but, uh, so he's getting some stuff fixed, too, at the last minute. Like, yeah. He's got a lot of shit going it's like on. Like an elite athlete having to get their Tommy John surgery or something, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a occupational hazard. For sure. 
you know, it never says arthritis, you know, but it's, it's all the other things from just being able to hammer on your joints for a while. He had doing scissor kicks in the air off the drum risers. I mean, that, he, he, he had to get the hips or the knees. What was it? New hip. Yeah. Are, are we going to listen to some of these tunes? Is this a, how does this well, go? You know what? We listen to this stuff. Let's lead up to that with this last bit. Cause, uh, what I forgot during this whole time too, leading up to the release of the album, which was, when did you say Chris? The release was February 7th, 2012. 11 years ago. So Almost. that's in February. And yeah. so in, in the, yeah, well, that's right. Um, but, um, so the month before that, they did those three warm-up shows. There was one at mm-hmm. Cafe Wa, and that footage online is great. Like, yeah. I would kill to see him in a little fucking <laughs> club like that. But the other two shows were, uh, one was at the Forum in Inglewood, Ingle- and this gets back to where they recorded the album, was at the Henson Studios. They did, did a show there. So yeah. in this um, interview, um, another thing that Shanks was saying was that he wanted to get them out of 5150. Yeah, a I'm, different su- environment. I'm surprised and, he could do it. I know, right? And uh, he talks about that, just how um, everybody had their specific... Al wanted to make sure the drums sounded good. Um, so there's a whole thing about him getting... I mean, yeah, you want the fucking reverence shit to sound right. <laughs> and because um, he was saying, like, at the 5150 Studios, like, it was just all old equipment, too. Oh, like, yeah. Old Pro Tools. And so he's just like... So they, <laughs> he had updated that, that computer in 10 years. Yeah. They had they did their demos in there, and that's where they would rehearse. I'm fucking update it because then I don't know how it works. Yeah. <laughs> how do you update two inch tape anyway? Exactly. And then, um, yeah, they, I'm actually surprised they had Pro Tools. I guess I shouldn't well, be, but Eddie brags about Pro Tools on like every show. We had Pro Tools going through the main the main board. Oh, so for his so keyboards. Like, so yeah, so and so I imagine he could just take it all back as as digital information. The Pro Tools is going strong. At this point, it's probably Pro oh, yeah. Tools 4. You know? <laughs> right, but it's Whereas still the we, industry standard at that point. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we get, yeah, you know, we'll sprinkle it in. But he, he changed the way he recorded his guitars on this one, too. Which, thanks to, thanks to Shanks. Tasty <laughs> <laughs> Shanks. Check it out, though. Tattoo, this was the single. This was the album opener. This was the video. All of that. And this is a good clip on YouTube to watch from that Henson studio. Yes. Oh, totally. And uh, Wolfie's coming out party here. Playing the synth too, isn't it? I believe. When I walk, sweeping cherry red, screaming electric green, purple mountains, majesty, really talk to me, talk to me. Swap meat salad, trim stamp cat, housewife to mom shell in the time it took to get that new tattoo. Indicative of of Dave, but he hasn't he hasn't he's not pulling from what he just used to do. It's just part of his flair coming on the through. edge of a scat. 
one. Yeah. Not quite. Well, unfortunately, where I'm problem with a lot of their live shows in this area, Dave needs a studio. <laughs> Eddie has said as much. <laughs> it's like, uh, is Ringo a good drummer? And Paul's like, he's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. You know, he's <laughs> not even the best singer in Van Halen. Yeah. And that's just. It's the classic. It's, but uh, that bass sounds great, and I heard they went to all kinds of extreme lengths and used like nine microphones on his bass and really had them coming out of the walls and just they experimented. This is a pretty Van Halen y bridge right here. seen him in a while yeah. I mean, the last album they put out was with gary sharon he didn't have that kind of fire well he get, didn't he go to rehab like right before this album started probably I, I think we're dealing with the sober edward here for yeah for the first part of the tour yeah, right things can change at a moment's notice did he fall off he fell off at the end of this tour he he would Other fall on off, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's an everyday struggle. When was Top Knot? Before this, we we already, that was the last reunion with Sammy, mm-hmm. and uh, things were not really not going well for him. When we saw them, we did see them on that tour. Yeah, yeah. killed it. Yeah, he was, he was pretty good. Um, this is what I want to refer to as his uh, Ray Liotta era. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Chantrix. Chantrix. Helps to stop smoking. Um, he's he's got the he's haircut. He's trimmed up. He's intentional about it. And man, I'm probably gonna ring this bell a whole bunch on this episode. Um, but I don't know if he's sold by it. I don't know if he's sold by sobriety being actually the most fun. <laughs> well, it's not. <laughs> I mean, it that one you've been drinking since you were a kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and emotionally, I wonder where he's at. Go ahead. <laughs> I was, before we leave that song, I was just going to say there were, uh, that the, um, that was an old one. Like, yeah. you mentioned it earlier. Like, I think it's like half and half on this album, maybe. But that one was called Down in Flames. The bridge gave that one away. That was a, that was an old school Van Halen bridge. You recognize or it had that vibe, right? Uh-huh. It, it, I think that's as far as an opener to this album that's got the Van Halen vibe, and then uh, 
you know, Dave's in the studio getting several takes at it and he's getting, um, you doubling with that, that bass tone that he's throwing underneath him. Um, which works. I think it works. Like, I'm happy to hear this. And he's backing it up low. You know, he's like giving it a little oomph. Yeah. He, yeah, he's thickening it. You follow? You, know? you follow? Okay. Um, they have some good footage. This becomes a video for them. And uh, they've got some, you know, good footage of them playing at their war- one of the three warm-up shows that you talked about, Augie, uh, at the Henson Studios. That's right. Uh, that footage is, is pretty cool. Um yeah. What were you gonna the, say? The Henson. Well, I was in, gonna say, do you think any? Do you think like Doctor Teeth was helping with the recording? Like, <laughs> gotta be a Muppet engineer behind the board. Oh yeah, Janice was uh, Rodian. Probably Benson or Bunsen Honeydews <laughs> back there in his jet. Oh yeah, his the lab, lab coat, coat yeah. for sure. Old school engineers, man. Scooters, <laughs> scooters trying to clean the studio. I think we're in fucking good hands, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, I've <laughs> <laughs> I've okay. analyzed the frequencies of your amplifiers. I, I do have a question. What what to to appreciate what we what we're in here? What's your favorite Eddie sound? His guitar. It doesn't have to be the album or whatever. But like, I have a favorite guitar Eddie combo sound, and I'm not even sure the name of the guitar. But it's that Matt Black one that he's playing on. A bit of this album, bit of these live albums. One of the music mans. Maybe, maybe you tell me. I'll show you. I'll show you an image here. Um, but it's a, it's a Wolfgang. I, you know, I think you're big timing me a little bit <laughs> <laughs> because I play drums. I'm not sure, but that one, the Jimmy Kimmel. That's dope. Show, but it, that that's jumping ahead though. Yeah, this is 2015. Okay, that's, yeah, that's that's he, yeah, that's future guitar for him at this point. But he is like getting it. I, I, when did those Wolfgangs come out? Was oh, it around shit. this time like, or um, was like it, Carnal Knowledge? He started playing those, like the first version. Yeah, I don't know when they came out for the general public, but I felt like it was not much longer after that because he was he started making those replicas around, uh, or what was that? Or maybe that was right before this. But um, because you could get a fifty-one fifty amp. And a Wolfgang guitar, and you yep. could sound just like Eddie. I yep. promise. <laughs> <laughs> did the did the that guitar just have a just the volume knob? That's right. Like, just, he so famously declared, "Volume is tone." Mm-hmm. Exactly. He's not wrong. This guy, yeah, he sounds great. He sounds great on this album. The drums sound good on this album. Dave sounds good on this album, and Wolfie sounds fucking good on it this album. It was thick and man. growly. Like, that's kind of a sound you didn't get a lot of out of the low end in Van Halen. You know, again, the lynch point is, um, is because Wolfgang took the initiative to put this together. Eddie's not going to say no as it comes together because it's his son who is now kind of driving this a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think he has a certain tolerance to put up with Dave through announcements, through shows. No, I think everybody knows live Dave's not sounding that good consistently, but they still go on tour. Yeah, and they do a big tour. Well, if we can do the backups. And they, like I said, they changed the way they would record Eddie's guitar on this album. It used to, for years and years, you'd be panned over to one side and all the effects on the other side, and that was his spread. Whereas they just have like a 
the stereo channeled because he's using two amps mic far away from each other, but it's basically a mono, uh, like a fat mono. Wow. And that, I mean, imagine that had to be a discussion. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, totally. But kudos to him for being willing to change, I guess. But I feel like in that interview, there was a lot of really nice, um, a lot of info in that interview with Shanks, but one of them was talking about that. And he, because he was a fan, he would, he, he at first tried to make it sound like that, even like with the echo on Dave, and they're just like, no, no, mm. don't do that. It was them driving it. The interview was really cool. Like, it, I mean, he um, he just made it sound like everything would, I would not use the word smooth, but just like, <laughs> but everybody was super professional. Like, and it was interesting. Yeah. The one thing that stood out too was he was saying how um, the brothers and Wolf would come in like one, he would say the stuff we talked about in the old episodes is just like um, their professionalism. Yeah. Like they were just there in the morning, all three of them. But the thing I was getting at was that they would come in the morning and do their, their stuff. They would tell Dave like, okay, we're working on this song or this song. We need lyrics for X, Y, Z. And then he would come in at night right. himself to. That's right. The Separation of church and state there. Yeah. But he gives a lot of props to Dave in that interview. And, um, before, Shanks came on board they had in the discussion of like okay what do you want to do Wolfie's like pushing the old school stuff which was super smart and then yeah. um, they, they had like 35 demos to show that dude but um, <laughs> if you hit that first um, clip mm-hmm. he, talk, he talks about 35 the, demos yeah the demos and then um, I think there's an, um, and then he gives Dave uh, some props in this one they demoed about Ed said they demoed 35 songs for that album were you around for the demoing yeah I mean they might have demoed stuff and then when we got into it it was what also they collectively agreed to work on you know so let's say Dave said you know I feel comfortable with these whatever certain amount of songs and that's and are you guys cool with that and that might have been the extent of the conversation so it was like okay we're gonna do these songs right you know because Dave you know, had to write, a, that's a lot of lyrics. It's a lot. So, and he, and, and let me tell you something, and we've said this before on the podcast. There's great lyrics Dave, on that, right? Oh, it's amazing. And Dave, yeah. Dave, Dave really, really takes his time with his lyrics. Oh. He crafts them like street poetry. They really oh. are unique. And it's actually our biggest complaint about Sammy. Sammy has a great voice, but he doesn't, He he's a little lazy with the lyric no, writing. Dave, Dave, what? Dave, Dave's a poet. Dave's yeah. like yeah. Leonard Cohen. <laughs> okay. You drag Leonard Cohen into this. Now we all know Sammy's blind spots. He had his moments, but it's if it's not women or cars, that's kind of not in his comfort zone. He's got the boom. He's got the the physical boom. He can put it out there, and the obviously the band is capable and just fucking stellar enough that. If they need to override what the substance of the lyrics are, as long as the lyrics are delivering the boom, great. Yeah, Dave, Dave set that. Dave set that bar, and he could deliver it. And he can't live deliver it. Jesus Christ, Chris. Can't live deliver it no more. <laughs> um, can't get this stuff no more. You know, and this is this is this is what makes me sad about this album because I like it because it's it's a good album and I've kind of been starving for a good album from these guys and and it's 
not the original lineup. But does it, you know, do you trade one Michael for two Daves or vice right. versa? Like there's this weird chess going on. You, you can smell the weird chess going on behind the scenes <laughs> and you get this, you know, these good songs that come, come out. I, I dig it. But, um, but there's no way it's sustainable. Like, you, you're not tricking yourself going like, these guys got like four more in them. <laughs> it didn't feel like it at it the time. It didn't feel like it. it was, I was grateful to have it, but I was like, uh, I'm grateful to have this. <laughs> right. Thank, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's ghosts. There's ghosts floating around and, and whatnot. And it's uncomfortable whenever I see them performing live together. I, you know, they try to do some, Dave and Eddie tried to do some like back to back, you know, we're Mick Jagger and Keith kind of stuff, but they like bump heads. Like they're not in sync. Right. And then live Dave, he he's trying to croon because that's the only wheelhouse he's got now. He doesn't have that raw juice. He got it back eventually crazy enough. You remember that last, the last, last tour? Yeah. Diamond Dave? Yeah. Well, all of them. I mean, if you want to talk about in sync, I think they might have finally because you oh, know the it's, last last one. Sorry, yeah. yeah, no, they were on fire on the, no. that. Was like maybe they they got uh, they opened with no they opened with lighting up the sky. Yep, and just that was enough. That was all I needed to hear to be like, oh, okay, we're fucking with that old magic. Yeah, and, and maybe it took them two three years. Yeah, to get there, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Like on this tour, and it's just like it's uncomfortable. Those interviews are a little bit stilted. Yes, but I think that's just kind of like they're finding their legs, sea legs again. Because, God damn it, I'm only going to tell you one time they found it in 2015. And it's nice to hear that the voice then catches up because what the band was steeped on is a work ethic. They can work. They're they're all going to they're going to be able to play a whole bunch. Yeah, who's the laziest Van Halen member? Nobody, none of like nobody. No. So that last song, that that went to number one. Like that was a big hit. It that was, song did. It was an interesting single to come out with. Yeah, like, but out of all those, it's not even cl- album, close but, to my favorite on the record. But yeah. it was good enough for a hit, I suppose. Huh? It's number one in U.S. and Canada, and guess what? The other two places, Japan. No, oh, closer to home. Yeah. Um, DNA wise. Oh, Holland. Finland and the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shocker. There we go. We liked. Well, you know this this uh, that single may have gone number one, but it only uh, extended the sad fact that David Lee Roth has never had a number one album with Van Halen. It debuted at number two mm. and never got any higher. Sammy got all the number ones. That's mm-hmm. no bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now Sammy's walking on sunshine. <laughs> Sam and Sam and Mike are over here in the number one club. <laughs> Have fun, boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but number two for a band that is at this point uh, many years into their career and probably had maybe by some section of the public been written off because of some bad showings over the prior decade. Not the true heads, not the people listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. but the, the the public at large was maybe thought their time had come and gone well that was a thing to it now that i think about it like eddie was i don't want to use the word gun shy but just because of uh after van halen three with sharon like he was it i got the impression that it was just that feeling of like oh now now what do we do for an album like he took a real l on that one yeah probably fucked with his 
confidence, his ego. And that's when, um, yeah, uh, Wolfie, I, I think that's why Wolfie was proactive and just making them look at the older stuff that was some material that was more familiar. Yeah. Get them back into that old Van Halen vibe, which was super smart. Absolutely. He Rick Rubin them. Yeah. He yeah. did. He was, the, he was the Rick Rubin in the room. Should we listen to another song? Yeah, yeah. Do it. She's the woman. It's also a single, right? Maybe. <laughs> oh, that's, that's some of my favorite Van Halen right there. Is that double hi hat? The Wolfie's got the sense to ride the eight notes. He's not trying to do something non Van Halen y. Wolfie doesn't hold anybody back, Wolfie doesn't hold the band back. That is such a, uh, like, that's a mean street groove. Just how funky it is and how heavy at the same time. And Alex is prehensile, the tail coming out to play the ride. Go ahead. No, that's just the choices he's making yeah. over there, and that is a choice. Yes, like that is. It's almost like what Kendrick Lamar used to do when he first came out. Remember, he had that real nervous voice that he'd rap in. And it was like he couldn't. Really, he didn't really know who he was yet at that. Or yeah, he just he was young, and would do goofy voices. That's what that reminds me of. Like, and I get why Dave wants to come in after his stuff's laid down because, yeah, you're going out on the limb. It feels a little more protected if you're taking guitar clams and and different uh, you know takes at a guitar line or whatnot. Obviously, the drums have been done weeks prior. Yeah, um, Alex is chilling. He's playing golf. He's yeah, yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll take it inside. Um, <laughs> I was done three months ago. So, you know, Dave being such an outward person in the vulnerable vocal booth when you hear clearly how you're fucking up right I can see why he wouldn't want the rest of the band standing around watching that uh, unneeded that scrutiny unneeded scrutiny they're past that but unfortunately they're not like they're not in the 79 yeah but you know where they could be in the same room together you know he's contending with himself at this point by this point we've all heard those raw tracks from running with the devil like we'd all heard those isolated vocals and knew what he was capable of Mm -hmm. in a real world before autotune and he didn't stop playing music dave dave's had the jump on van halen with releasing albums since (laughs) since the split snaking them by two three months every year yeah like he's not sleeping, you know. We all know this. Um, uh, Never catch Dave slipping. Yeah, and that's so I can appreciate. Like, okay, if if this is the dynamic, you guys are going to do music here, and and I'm going to put music on top of it. I'm going to write some shit and whatever. All right, yeah. I'll come in when when you're done. I'll come in. We'll overlap, maybe high five in the parking lot, and fucking let me at it. Sometimes you got to let Clubber Lang embarrass you so you can go back to the the mean streets. 
I just watched that in the tough gym days ago, and it's it so holds up as a movie. Right, that's that's David Lee Roth. Yeah, at this point, he took he he took that lot. Train by myself. Everybody. Yeah, I fight alone. <laughs> I train alone. See, woman. That's Dave at this point. He, he's got a or actually Dave's Rocky in this analogy that is way stretched too way. thin. I can go either way. You know what? Speaking of going either way, what I was realizing when I was li- I was listening to his lyrics, like he, one thing about his writing, I didn't. I don't know. Tell me what you think. A lot of times, as musicians, or let's just say anybody trying to write lyrics, like I always think of comedians though. When the when when they get when God damn it, what am I been <laughs> drinking today? I'll relate this to comedians. I hear comedians say this a lot, like. Um, as they get more popular, it's harder for them to write material they can relate to their fans because it's yeah. just where they where they're at in life. And you can definitely say that for David Lee Roth, who's like earned his where he's at in so many ways um, as a musician and just his stature and all that. But like his lyrics still re- like he can go both ways. Uh-huh. Like he can say he could talk about like my fast fucking car driving down Beverly Hills or just like. It doesn't. It doesn't get stale, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Even like, when yeah, he's relatable. Yeah. Even when his lyrics are stupid, they're clever. Mm-hmm. You're not stupid, but dumb. You well, know, like, you know, like a big dumb story told cleverly because he always had that little bit of a nod and a wink. Yeah. It's funny you put it in those words. If you played in clip number two, yeah. you just segued into the uh, John Shanks again uh, talking about Dave's approach to writing lyrics. Thanks, Shanks. But for <laughs> um, so. Nine times out of ten, not to to, to disrespect anybody, if right. that was Sammy right. or if that was any other writer, most singers in the world would hear, that's where they would start singing. Right. N- not David Lee Roth. <laughs> David Lee Roth goes, oh, man, I wonder when the teacher's going to look me out. Right? Right. He does a rap. Right, he does. A, he does. A, he I told does you, a he's vignette. the first gangster. He does a he movie. <laughs> he sets you up. He tees it off. Nobody yeah. else would have done that besides a hip hop artist. He paints you a picture. I mean? He paints. And, I, I, and he brings you right to the brink until Eddie goes crazy. <laughs> right, that's so, what's awesome about that track. My, I, I agree with you, John. I think Dave has a gift that not too many people yeah. have. No, and and so and you learn that when you're in the room with him. Yeah. Yep. Something maybe like him and Prince had in common. They could be filthy, but you couldn't really even be mad at him because it was so like well crafted. Ain't I a stinker? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Bugs Bunny quality. Yeah, Dave Dave Chappelle has that. Mm-hmm. Say something yep. terrible, and you're just like, "Oh, Dave, oh. give me a break." <laughs> One break. Yes. Yeah, I think I think he's right on. He's got he's got something that's kept him going for these fifty years, you know. Well, I think it, the part of that is uh, the relentlessness. He's relentlessly Dave. Doesn't yeah. lay off, doesn't back off, but it's not because well, that's just who I am. Kind of approach. It's this. Um, I like song and dance. I this is this is my milieu. I love working in this. And any time you give me clay, I'm sculpting. 
you know, and I think that drives Eddie a little bit crazy because Eddie, you know, the early days, they're this tongue in cheek, having fun. Everybody's riffing off each other. And then uh, over the years and years and experiences, dynamics shift. Dave is still coming with that. But sometimes you just want to like take a breath and maybe as a group all take a breath and Dave will double down. And so there is you you either are going to be meeting his energy or you're going to be second stage to that energy, Um, you know. And, and I think that's got to be a little bit tiresome, but it's not, it's not lack of effort. You know, there's, there's that effort mm-hmm. that they're putting in. You see guys that try to you know, make their big air quotes, comebacks and, uh, and they're not even trying, you know, they, they could, they could give two fucks. They're just trying, they're, for, they're just there so they don't get fined. Yeah. They're trying to get that check. Yeah. And, uh, it just seems like it's a matter of pride for not just Dave, but the rest of them. Like they they got a little something to prove too. Like they're not Van Halen three. Mm-hmm. That that yeah, okay. We all saw that and heard that. Everybody that's you know we're not. That's not really who we are. Remember this and then yes. lay down a groove like that. It's a good point. What they're what they're coming off of and being like, okay, here's a here's a stance. There's a sig- significant lineup change, right? Um, so let's let's stand and and think you're right, Augie. Wolfie's saying like let's root it back in some old shit and build on top of that. Uh, I mean, D- Sammy had to sing Dave's stuff to a point live. There's a couple songs that he just had to do. You, you got to pay homage. Uh, Dave's not doing any Sammy songs. That's a good point. Neither one of them did any oh, Gary Sharon songs. That's a good point. <laughs> Gary had to sing everybody's shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nobody's singing Gary's shit, Mm-mm. and Dave ain't singing Sam's shit. No, and this this whole tour smacks of Dave ain't singing Sam. No, shit. It, the, you think there's like discussions backstage? You're like, I mean, why can't you just do? Why can't this be love? Right now is a good jam. Yeah. Why can't it be the best of both worlds, Dave? No, not a chance in hell, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you even think it was a discussion? I, I just can't. Like, I can't imagine. Nope. I, that's just a non-starter. I would think. That's what it feels like. It, it's just got to be icy. It's got to be icy in so many situations. And then when they go to be in front of the public, right? Um, it, it feels like it's coming from an icy spot. It doesn't feel like everybody just had a fucking great time backstage or whatever in the green room, and. We're excited to be there. Yeah. It was work. Yeah. They're working. And they knew the roles and they knew and were coached what to say. And there had, there had to be some, a law or something was set. Yeah. I mean, Ground rules. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Lost for, yeah. Cause, um, and it's not even to each other. Well, I was going to say, we, I think we touched it representatives on the uh, the first reunion tour. How there was so, so very specific uh, backstage rules. So like they knew, they knew that going in. Yeah. So there there must have been a whole just laying down the law before. Like, look, Dave, <laughs> before we go into this one, or they go, Wolfie, you give this give Dave the stipulations, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And everybody's got to be nice to Wolfie, right? Like. It, that that's yes. kind of like diplomatic immunity, man. He's got it. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. And what an education. It's a lot of pressure for that, a kid, though. Yeah. It's a very, very unique spot. I don't know if any musician at that young age has ever put in that or put himself in well, through initiative. Yeah. Um, that kind of fulcrum spot. I, remember, I was reading something that Ed said yeah, when he initially said he was going to bring uh, Wolfie on tour, which was the last that last tour and mm-hmm. of course like you know his mom was like are you fucking you know I mean, she didn't say that I don't want to, <laughs> but you know there was obviously she's like, no dummy either but you to send your kid out to the wolves like that concerns for sure why would for good reasons but um what did Ed say he was like uh his answer was just like well i i, I played when i was a kid like i was on tour with my dad <laughs> let the kid get some pussy <laughs> <laughs> Dave even said, like, hey, by the way, you're going to love Japan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, when you're going on tour with us, Wolfie, you're just, you can. It's a lot of pressure. But that the, I think the overarching theme of this episode will be the pressure that turned that coal into a diamond. There it is. That's a there good it way is. to look at it. There was another part in, that, uh, in an interview I read today where uh, the interviewer, it was an interview with Ed and Wolf, and the interviewer asked uh, Wolfie, um, what was, uh, or he asked his dad, he had asked Eddie. What what advice did you get Wolf when you guys first went up to her? He was like, "Watch out for the bitches." <laughs> of course, of course. Well, it's a good thing he had Valerie Bertinelli in his life too. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Mama Val. Yeah. Like with all these in my head when I'm listening to them, I, I always forget which songs are the old ones and which ones are the new ones. Yeah. But this is a good clip of um yeah it's an Eddie Trunk interview. And uh, I think someone called in for this with this question, and Wolf just finally—it's it, a good clip of him just laying out really quickly, like what's old, what's new. Exactly. Here's your primer. Yeah. All right, break it down. So your question was well, how many which, of the how songs, many of the songs are, were demos. derived from original demos, yeah. like from back? I'm got the album open right here, and I'll look. All right. uh, Tattoo was down in flames. That was an older demo. She's the woman. Uh, was she's the woman that was an older one uh the bridge had me uh it was the bridge from mean street ah. Your blues was a new one chinatown yeah. was a new one blood and fire was ripley from the 1984 demos uh bullethead was another old one as is was a new one honey baby sweetie doll was a new one trouble if never was a new one out of space was let's get rockin stay frosty was a new one big river was big trouble and beats working was put out the lights so anyone with Mark a different title anyone with a different title seven yeah, so seven, rolling, demos. seven out of 13 were older demos, while the other ones were, were fresher, newer ones. As Is is one of my favorite songs. As Is that. is the one Dad played when he was on Two and a Half Men, when he walks out of the oh, bathroom really? and he does a little riff. Oh, really? Yeah, if you if you find that clip, I think somebody, I, I talked about it. I didn't even series, know he was on that. Yeah, it was just a really yeah. quick quick thing, and, and yeah, he, he does the beginning riff of As Is, so it was sitting around. So that riff was around, and then you built the song around yeah. it. That's wild. I did not know that. I didn't even know he was on there. But that's a heavy song, too. That's oh, yeah. a really heavy song. That's oh, yeah. really, really is that cool. is that a good enough answer that you're expecting? <laughs> Wolfie yeah. laid it out right there. Yeah. It's off the top of his head. Bam, bam, bam. But, yeah, if you want to, when that song comes up, you you never seen that clip on uh, that Two and a Half. What was it? Two no, yeah, Two and a Half Men. I used to watch that a little bit, but I don't remember Eddie ever being on it. Mm-hmm. It's a super short clip, and I don't know. For some reason, Charlie Sheen's character is at a recording studio, and he goes to the restroom, and it's locked. And then Ed comes out with his guitar and like a speaker on it, like, <laughs> little pig nose. Yeah, <laughs> it's a whole little bit. But if you if you listen to it, like he so he, when he's playing for the joke, um, it's just like a a second or two of a riff of him just ripping. But yeah, like Wolfie said, like the beginning of him just fucking around. It's that as is riff. 
Maybe I, maybe I will find that before we play that song. Let's do it. Which one's this? You and your blues. Ain't no red house over yonder. No stormy Monday waits for you. Uh, ain't no midnight dream in Georgia. And I'm not looking for the truth. And I tell you what I'm getting rid of next You and your blues Yes, I am Your bad moods Started off referencing Hendrix, when a nervous uh, communication breakdown, Zeppelin, and then your nineteenth mm-hmm. nervous breakdown from the Stones. He's he's yeah. pulling a. Wow. Anthony yeah. Kiedis was like, "Oh, hold my beer," and he wrote that one song that name drops every band ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like we didn't start the fire for seventies funk bands. And th- this feels like um, a later, uh, later, latter day Sammy. Yeah, it felt like something off of Balance. That yes. Riff. Yes. And even the tone. Yeah, they just picture like a more ornate melody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can picture Mikey. Yeah. Yeah. Picture what Mikey would bring, and that's what I want to. Uh, I just want to come back to uh, over and over again throughout this album. <laughs> what would it sound like with Mikey? And. Not Although, being mad at Wolfie. Listen to what Wolfie's doing. He's doing a pretty good Mikey. He does a great Mikey. Good call. Wolfie is the nigga with Mikey's quarter. You know, it's just like, sometimes you think it's a quarter. drum technique mm-hmm. Got a little double kick in there yeah but what he does better than almost any other drummer if not every other drummer is this bass drum technique where it, it, it's a it feels like a fumble and it's evident in hot for teacher where it's now, you know, he can do the meter. It's the foghorn leghorn. It's a foghorn leghorn. <laughs> I say, I say, I say, I say. Uh, it's, yes. Yes. Uh, it's part of his repertoire, and he does it purposefully on time, off time. It's an Alexism. It's an Alexism. And uh, it's, it's like the secret bass note underneath <laughs> Van Halen where you're just like, that's, that's what makes it that. Breaks it out every now and then, just like that fucking prehensile tail. <laughs> every now and then, that tail hits a fucking kick drum. Well, there's a clip that I won't play because it's really long, but uh, where Dave, uh, part of it was Dave talking about their extensive study at the College of Musical Knowledge when they were a bar band for three, four years, playing everything from Cool and the Gang 
to Ohio players to ZZ Top covers. Like they studied it all. Oh yeah, that was like, like, that was like their like the Beatles in Germany. Like that, it was their yeah, cutting their teeth in the clubs. Yeah, Mach Show. Um. Yeah, what you were saying about Al, uh, Reverend Al's plan earlier, the one of the things I remembered also in that um, that interview with Shanks, he was just saying from the beginning, just trying to imagine how to approach this whole thing with his band. Um, his approach was just like Al's the fucking that is the ba- that's the house. We, that's the base of the house. Build everything on top yeah, of that. Uh-huh. Yeah, you build your house on a rock, like the good book says. You know, it, and we, it would be awesome to hear Eddie play with other people. And I, <laughs> Any of them play with other people. Yeah, and I think Alex, Either of them, I should say. There's only two people that didn't play with other people. Eddie needed Alex to as that foundation to go off of. He needed that confidence that he was going to be there, uh, and he needed uh, the dialogue that happens between lead guitar and the drum set. And, you know, the drummer, which is a fun dynamic. It shows up in certain bands and for sure in Van Halen. Funny Um, you said that, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) I got to give these guys props. I I pulled a lot of clips from, uh, it's called the Dave and Dave, or um, Dave and Dave Unchained podcast. Is that right? Um, That's what you said? Yeah. it, it was just it was a long interview that's why i have a, like a grip of these but getting back to what you said chris uh, that uh shanks talks about um <laughs> jay shanks <laughs> shanks for the shanks um what was i getting at i forget what the question was but essentially he gets back to that core thing you were saying chris of just um being in the studio and and witnessing the two brothers working in a studio yeah. situation i think it was um clip number 4 when we were tracking, um, you know, I had the privilege of sitting between Ed and Wolfie. I would sit between them uh-huh. at the board, and Wolfie's on my right, and Ed is on my left. And uh, right through the glass is Al. And Al and Ed are looking at each other. And there were, there were moments where we're playing, I mean, they're going through a song on the record, and they're playing it, you know, I don't know, three, four times. Right. I don't think we would get crazy with the takes, because they were so rehearsed and so right. proficient. Right. Uh, maybe six takes. Right. I don't know. Maybe some more, some less. Sometimes, you know, they were going for takes, so some... Maybe somebody had a moment and they wanted to do it again or out. Um, But they could do it. But there were moments, there were moments where it's DNA, man. It's, it's brothers. Yeah. And there were times where I, I, the music starts to float. I call it, it's almost, it's like breathing. Right. And, and then, and it's, 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 you don't even hear the click. You don't even you're not even aware of that that's happening, and they're dancing around in time. Even on top of the click, they're kind of moving ahead and going back, and it's and Eddie will move his arm just slightly, and Alex will read him. Oh wow! And you just I I, I cried a couple of times. There were a couple of times they dropped. <laughs> that's that's, that's a fan. Yeah, I probably would have too. 
right? That's some heavy shit to be Seen around. That firsthand, like that creative process with that 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 close of just being able to read each other since they were kids and you're witnessing it. Yeah. Yeah. Something to behold. Thank God he was up to the job. I mean, like... Yeah, that's no short... That's no small feat. It kind of seems Shanks was the guy for it. He's, this was his moment. We, you know, he worked with a ton of people being able to wrangle I, different yeah. personalities. If he can do Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> right? Come on. Yeah. That seems fraught. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Roll on to the next one. Do it. Chinatown. Finally made a song out of that movie. Oh, and Eddie gets a whammy pedal. younger men here dude they're like gotta be pushing 60 right now is that right uh if he was how old was he when he passed 60 oh boy late 50s maybe closer to our age than i'm comfortable with they're They're making it sound good i mean were the stones doing anything this nasty in their 50s Thing. I don't think so. He's, Aerosmith, he's, no. They were busy not trying to miss a thing. So so um, Black Sabbath has got to you know, have a little bit of this, too. You, you start out as such a heavy hammer that when you have to reference your, your old stuff or whatnot, the Stones have a nice groove. They can they, they got some nice open... Yeah, yeah there's a whammy pedal working here. The casualness where he will throw out those little pinch harmonic squeaks yeah. just in the middle of an insane run and they only last for like half a second. They're just How about, yeah. ridiculous. I can't imagine that playing with your dad and your uncle and like you're <laughs> keeping up with them in all Pressure. the best ways. Though. Mm-hmm. Like the battle mm-hmm. yeah. right and everyone's hitting the same yeah. sync up. Insane. Yeah. I think stops are more for the musicians than they are for the listener. Yeah, I think it's just a Hold on. 
<laughs> Just yeah. hold on a second. It's a, it's a high five of celebrating how tight you are. <laughs> it's a sonic high five. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Was that one of the new jams? I can't remember. I always forget. Yeah, I know. We heard him say it too, but uh, but that was that felt like some mean mean streets shit. Fair yeah. warning, I should it's, say. It, yeah, it's definitely reminiscent of, like the the older darker stuff. It's not. Mm-hmm. We're not hearing like dance the night away type jams right here. This is this is like House of Pain. This is yeah, exactly all the, the uh, lighting up the sky. The old nasty good ones that we all love so much. I'm glad you put it that way because the uh, referencing House of Pain that was the other thing I, I kept reading uh, when I was researching uh, just how Wolfie was saying, "Let's approach this either Wolf or Ed." Like these are all the B, these are B side gems. Yeah. So they were just trying to make it like that, like if you were saying House of Pain, drop yeah. dead legs. Like, the, yeah, the deep guy. cuts that were. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's what it feels like. Like this, this, this one. If, if you threw that track onto a mixtape of you know Van Halen stuff for the uninitiated, yeah, they, yeah. they don't know what they'd be like. Oh yeah, that's it. I mean, to yeah, to me, like I would if that had been the single, I'd have fucking shit and died. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, they're doing what? <laughs> if that was on TV, <laughs> like like because that uh, the first one uh, tattoo that was all over everything TV. Mm-hmm. YouTube, the internet, CSI even. Yeah. But, and that's fine. But if they had pulled some shit like that. Yeah. Who knows? What I love <laughs> about that bass drum and that too, that double bass, it is just floppy. It's like he's hitting like lampshades or something like that. <laughs> it's, it's just like, but it's, I mean, clean. Yeah. And again, to what we were talking about with production, if you were to solo, a lot of tracks you'd be like that's not a good track and you would want to eq it but all together it sounds great that that eddie's ripping guitar what wolfie's bringing on this clean ass bass and all the all the different megahertz and tones yeah what you're picking up on is exactly correct because in the in the recording of it they end up using mostly overhead mics like I'm sure they had a they had a kick mic, but yeah, like yeah. as far as like your individual toms and your snares, it's like they really made a meal out of those overheads, which is the ultimate in like bleed and just picking up everything. Yeah, well, and and go ahead. I was just curious, Jared. What what did you say Ed was using on this song? Uh, guitar or <laughs> a, 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 what oh kind the of? whammy pedal. Um, which God, wh- how did it take Eddie Van Halen? Or oh, oh and, the wah. Uh, well, he's using the wah too, but the actual whammy pedal, like what uh, Tom Morello fucks with, uh, or uh, oh. um, Jack White was a big user of that. Uh, David Gilmore was the first guy I actually ever heard play one, but uh, Dimebag, okay, made, and it's just that distinct when it, uh, you just know it when you hear it. But he didn't fuck with those for the longest time, which is crazy to me because he a guy that's on the vanguard like that, yeah. You think it'd be right up? Well, apparently it is. I mean, you just <laughs> you waited. I guess it was worth the wait because everybody else that fucked with whammy pedals was like, "Oh, Jesus Christ!" Matt Bellamy from Muse, like guys who really put that thing to work. Yeah, he just incorporates it like it's a any old stomp box. We, something that Eddie Van Halen is great at is you're never really sure what starts and what ends you know as far as what's his finger technique what's a pedal that he puts on what's he's what he's overdriving you know seamless yeah yeah it's seamless it's it's just a dialogue that he's having with the song through his fingers totally 
It's crazy. It's heavy, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to say, uh, you know, the Rev, drum kit sounded good. It sounds like a real drum kit. And he's gone through phases oh, man. of different instrumentation. You know, he's exploring. I think I think they're pulling it together. This whole album, I was excited to talk about this album because it's good. It sounds good. It sounds like what we what you wanted to hear them play these songs in '82. Yeah, I think you you guys said it earlier. Shanks was the man for this one because the another thing I remember him saying was how I mean he was just really trying to dial in that sound to uh, like trying to capture or, or re. Re, um, how do you say it? Combobulate. Like, I don't want to say the same as the old album sounds, but like the spirit, though. Thank you. Because there was one part where he said he was at a music store and the, there was a, a guitar head. He said it was like, I forget how many different serial numbers off from Ed's original one. So oh, he's wow. like, bought it, brought it in the studio. Like, Ed, dial this fucker in and let's use this and try to capture that old kind of. Even try, wow. You know, and just a lot of uh, a lot of care went into making sure they redeemed themselves. They, they just make no mistake; they had some redeeming to do. Mm-hmm. Let's keep trucking here. We got a more than half a record to go still here. Blood and fire. I feel like this is one of the old ones. Oh, okay. or may you can edit this out if you want. But if I don't, if you could pull it up real. Quick on YouTube, Blood and Fire was an old, uh, and we might have even touched on this in the past. It was part of that um, wildlife soundtrack, right? I think there's like a. Um, you don't have to play the whole thing. You listen, you, if you just hear like play the like the intro opening lick, yep. and you'll recognize that. It, it's pr- it's so close to. Oh, here we go. those youngins out there wildlife was an old 80s movie reminiscent of uh it was like the unofficial sequel to fast times was exactly it? yeah oh man those electric drums that's what could be that's probably eddie playing the drums too huh yeah on think, like yeah. that kind of demo totally um well before and after crossover yeah. um, do we know which one which songs were at Henson Studios and which ones were at 5150 because this sounds a little different than what we've been hearing well they did all the drums it was mostly guitar and bass overdubs that they did at 5150 because Eddie didn't 
he couldn't hear the guitars right at the other, you know, and, and you know, yeah. Uh huh. Okay. It's what you're used to, you know. <laughs> uh, and I'm I'm not going to complain with the results. Obviously, something like the production value sounds like the only other album that sounded. I mean, they all sound, they're all different. Mm-hmm. But I, what was the one? Uh, the Carl Knowledge was that? Um, who was that producer? That, that was Ted. Rock? That was. Oh no, you're right. Who was that? That was uh, the guy that did the Zeppelin albums. Yeah. That's uh, was. Oh, one yeah, of the brothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, John. Uh, Johns. Johns. Not Glenn. It was Glenn? It was, it was Glenn. One of, them, one of them did the Beatles Ryan. and one of them did Van Halen. Skip. I think it was Skip Johns. Uh, yeah. No, this sounds like the old records, but like in high def. Yeah. You know? It's just clarifying. Yeah. It just sounds better to modern ears, I guess. Dr. Teeth was behind the mixing board That's with right. Him. You're hearing the straight electric mayhem remix. Told you I was coming back. Say you miss me. Say it like it means. Like the most Van Halen-y Van Halen that ever Van Halen right there. Yeah. Like even. Yeah, totally. Because you know that's one of their big touchstones, right? I mean, they would cover Who songs with Sammy. Yep. But uh, God, Wolfie was doing. He did some. He did a couple real Mikey moves in there. Mainly the. <laughs> Love it. That was so great. Yeah, I do. I do feel though that if Zoot would have put a saxophone solo oh, over man. that part instead of Eddie, and I think they had arguments about that when they were at the Henson Studios. Yeah, Zoot always trying to insert himself, you know, or he was just in the bus smoking hash. Yeah, make now the and then Zoot skips a groove. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it happens. Oh man, yeah, blood and fire, as advertised. Some great fills yes. going on with that. Everyone was kind of like it's Eddie's solo, but everyone was just kind of uh, very tastefully going sick underneath that. It's, totally, that's the that's the ethos of a good uh, guitar solo. Is it's a band solo, right? Sure, everyone's yeah, supporting said in the right Somebody way. Said that was it, Zappa or something like that. I don't know. Somebody said that. <laughs> Doctor Teeth. I think I think it was, was Doctor Teeth who mentioned yeah. that. Yeah. Like that clip number six was um, old demos producing. Yeah, it, it, it was just Shanks talking about how, uh, like Ed just rolls up with his like. He admits in the clip how um, 
early on, he was like, yeah, just show me all the things you have. Like, show me everything. <laughs> and he said Ed rolled up in his Porsche and just had, like, dat tapes and oh, old yeah. cassette tapes. You asked for it. Yeah. <laughs> and they spent, like, a day and a half just going through, like, okay, what do you want to, let's narrow this all down. What do you want to concentrate on? That's a crazy privilege. That sounds like I want to hear right? that clip. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, now, there was some criticism about the band going back and, and using old demos. Do you think yeah. there was... Do you think that was a little unfair that they got some criticism for that? Listen, I, you know, I'm, I've been a victim of social media praise and, and extreme backlash, you know, either, either for, there's always going to be a troll out there that doesn't like how you do something mm-hmm. and some fucking armchair quarterback <laughs> that's sitting around going, well, I would have done it differently. Well, hey, you know, we're sitting right fact. here, Shanks, I did, okay? So, fuck you guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> fuck that's you my too. Response after 5 years. You know, right. I it got done, it got out, and it's a, it's um uh, it's a miracle. You know, <laughs> I'm glad it uh, cuz let me tell you in the making of this record, it could have gone away very easily. Really? There were many times not to get into anything. Right. That it was on the brink of going away. Oh, wow. And even at the end, it could have gone away. Wow. So uh, it didn't. And that's, that's where producing comes into play. And they can, <laughs> anybody can talk shit about anybody or talk, you know, what, who did what and what happened. And it's like, you know, all I say to people is there's a reason that album is called A Different, Different Kind of Truth. <laughs> okay, two things. One, sorry, I got my clips mixed up. Oh, dude, that's <laughs> killer, it's, though. It's interesting. Yeah, that one was a follow-up to the early one, just like trying to work with that. Yeah. all those people in the room. Sorry, are you not happy about the miracle I just worked? Yeah. It's it, my ass. It almost feels like he get, he's getting a little defensive. Like, And another thing for context, if I'm not mistaken, that interview um, on Dave and Dave Unchained, it was, um, I think it was five years after the album was released. Okay. So, so it's, it's one of those things fresh. where... Yeah, exactly. So he got... As he was said in that last clip, like I'm sure he was like, it sounds like he's just, this is the guy that's looking online at all the reviews. <laughs> yeah, he shouldn't be. He's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dude, how come they didn't write their new stuff? The <laughs> blues. You have no idea what fire I've been standing in for a while. Yeah, exactly. You could imagine that as soon as he would get a complete song, you know, boom, there's one. You know, put stack it. Mix it down. Let's start working with. Maybe we'll even use that to get them excited about recording the next one. See how good this sounds? Like it feels a little bit like, um, you know, momentum going. Yeah, let's take this one, bank it. Take this one, bank it. We got it. Cool. There's three now. We have. Um, yeah, that's. I don't. I do not envy that job. <laughs> that does. That doesn't seem like uh, you walk into the room. And the whole band's happy to be there, and you're going to make some magic with these folks. It seems like he's he's knitting things together. Yeah. It's that's, it? Well, good. Oh, were you going to say? That's where Rick Rubin would have probably not been able to get the job done with his kind of laissez-faire uh, attitude about a lot of things. It's an interesting dynamic, man, just everything we're talking about, because you're right. Like Rick Rubin would definitely have that laid-back hippie vibe, but if, when you when you heard the stuff that uh, <laughs> Shanks was saying earlier, like every the, the brother... Regardless of the egos, the brothers and Wolf are coming in like they're on time. And he said it, yeah, like they they're practicing all fucking day and night, and um, they have that 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 mentality to just get shit done. So and it sounds like 
something had to be worked out. Like they're working different shifts. They're clocking yeah, in and yeah, out yeah. like the wild coyote and the dog from <laughs> fucking Looney yeah, Tunes. Yeah. Yeah. Sheepdog. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And they uh <laughs> that means that means Shanks is doing double duty. Mm-hmm. That means Shanks is staying yeah. up extra hours. Yeah. He's getting these guys Hey, did you guys enjoy the session? You're a beautiful family. I hope you enjoy your In and Out burgers, and thank you for what you just laid down this morning. You know, I've got a six-hour session with Dave. Uh huh. Eighteen, twenty-hour days for Shanks. Let's do a, a bass vocal with that, and we're gonna mix it hard left and hard right. Yeah, that, that last clip said a lot. Like I like how he he doesn't say everything, but he says everything. Mm-hmm. Says it all. Yeah. Just it could have gone, gone away. Fucking Shanks, man. Way to put it. Thanks uh, for the Shanks. Yes. <laughs> Let's play uh, the six track Bullethead, which I know is an old one. I, they didn't even change the name on that one, I don't think. Yeah. It was called Bullethead. Sounds familiar. Here it is. Bob Dylan line right there. How many roads was a man walk down until he figures out he's lost? Before he admits, admits he's lost. Yeah, that's a good, a good. I see what you did, Dave. It's like, yo, fuck Bob Dylan. And hollers and the, the little ad libs, and this is a little, this is a little short and sweet one too. It's like two and a half minutes total, I think. Yeah. In and out, yeah. and he squeezes in a solo. Yeah, I think even Wolf said I might be mistaken, but this was like their old school when they wrote it, like their <laughs> <laughs> kind of their take on like punk rock style, mm-hmm. which is yeah, it's like which a two like and a half what? minute song. It's yeah, it's kind of it's like what uh, "Ain't Talking About Love" was kind of like a reaction to that. Yeah, there was something else that Shanks was saying. I was going to mention in the last one because that last jam, but just in general, like Ed, like he was saying, just how uh, complimenting Ed being in the pocket all the time, especially with his rhythm. Um, but like that last one, yeah, 
Just one of those underrated things all the time. Laying up in the cut like Neosporin. Man. Uh, what were we supposed to do before we played As Is? Oh, if you wanted to pull that clip up, there was that Charlie Sheen. Uh, That's right. <laughs> That's right. Here we go. Sitcom jokes. Two and a half men. Yeah, I think the setup is Charlie Sheen. Just from seeing the clip, I think he's at a, in a recording studio and tries to go to the bathroom and wacky hijinks ensue. Oh, you got to be kidding me. You might want to give it a minute. You were in there with your guitar? Well, you never know when inspiration might strike. Two burritos and a root beer float. <laughs> Hot dog and a shake. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. This is one of the good ones, in case you didn't know. This song fucks. I gotta turn it down. <laughs> one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. My name is Jeff. <laughs> Totally better. Rich is better. Totally better. <laughs> Brilliant. Teacher. Van Halen is this uh, rev on the double bass and everybody just moving forward in the same click. Light speed. Love it. Oh. Yeah, bring it. Left turn. 
such a little diversion they made right there from like the heaviest shit you heard him play in like several decades to to that yeah damn he still got his joke in there <laughs> you know the master of ceremonies is not gonna let that little dead air go by this song seems long enough to have two guitar guitar solos Eddie does beautifully is when he's playing rhythm, he's also just bridging his guitar soloing ridiculous little fills. Guitar and vocal. Is that a guitar? And it's vocal. Yeah, yeah. I probably hit it perfectly there. Oh, the 25 second fade out. And reminds me more of like that old. Uh, demo that ended up as a b-side on balance uh crossing, crossing over. over yeah the yeah man they keep the energy up on this fucking album it's great <laughs> it will not yeah. take their foot off your neck <laughs> and who'd want them to wow wow that great you know what I, th- I think that that great showing from the rev might deserve uh, a little uh we got to have our little dose of the reverend every episode because it's rare when the guy speaks up and and uh, drops a jewel, but when he does, you better listen. Like E.F. Hutton, uh, he's talking kind of about why the varied influences that are all coming together to make this album happen. Off of Mars, careful so, what you play your kids, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's attributable a lot to what Dave mentioned earlier, which is there are there are different different personalities and a lot of broad tastes in this band. Yes. It, it never leans too much towards one thing or the other. It's it always kind of keep the targets moving, you yeah. know. And yeah. and to this to this day, we still disagree about how to make music in, in certain situations. And there's nothing wrong with that. If everybody agreed, then you don't need everybody. <laughs> right. right? If you're all the same, then what's the point? Yeah. You know? I'm not aware. Uh, I'm never aware of, like, yeah. if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, there's friction. Is, is there, is the <laughs> it's re- a tragedy. <laughs> yeah, it was a tragedy. Is the record suffering? I think not. Yeah. I think some great music gets formed out of uh, friction. Totally. Yeah, that was a good one. That was from those uh, the downtown sessions, right? Did we talk about that earlier? I think I don't think we did, but that came out with the CD. Yeah, like a bonus DVD or whatever or CD ROM. That was a hard copy of uh, how uh, digital media was shared when we were 
Yeah. Well, I had to go dig into my personal stash to get this album to play because it is not streaming. Oh, for real? It's and okay, we didn't mention this is their only record for Interscope, so they're not on Warner Brothers anymore. Like That's they're right. home forever. That's right. And and Jimmy Iovine swooped in and said, "I got this." Dude, I was reading that like it was just a one sentence line when I was, came across that also, and it's like, what was that conversation like? Like he had to step in to yeah, make said, this deal happen. They like, said it happened when Jimmy entered the negotiations because <laughs> Dave didn't want to go. I forget what other. Uh, record company they they almost went Epic with or something like that yeah and dave was like for whatever reason said no like i just want like what is that conversation how long how long did that conversation last and what it was it about right like somebody if dave didn't like that other company after they left warner it had to be some david or who knows it's all speculation but yeah. yeah jimmy Iovine's a pretty uh, persuasive guy and uh, also got a resume yeah, it's probably it was probably a forty-five minute conversation, maybe. What do you think? You're better than Bruce Springsteen? It's, you think you know, you're better than Patty Smith? You got to ask yourself: Do you guys want to do this now, or do you not want to? Think do you're it? better than Tom Petty? I mean, money. Stevie good. Nicks. <laughs> I could go on. Yeah, well, shit. I mean, at this point, he's <laughs> like, what did they have to negotiate? Right, right. What was what was the? I don't know the numbers, but I bet you it was good. Iveen had to fucking let some people know what was up is what it sounds like. <laughs> he had to call Dr. Dre to confirm this was a good idea. Because you have like in a in in the year where uh, the top like I just randomly looked at the top albums that year in Rolling Stone when this came out and it was oh, like shit. you have like Adele was number one, Jay Z and Kanye, Paul Simon, Fleet Foxes and Radiohead, like those were the top albums at the time. So it's like Wow. It's all over the place. I know, right? Like, that's a whole nother conversation to me. It's like just the music that was going on around that time. But maybe there had to be con- some convincing to bring Van Halen onto a new label. Yeah, Interscope was like the hip label for like a while. And I guess they're also the people that brought you Limp Biscuit. But, you know, not everyone's a winner. Yeah, yeah. But do you, do you think it was because they didn't want to work with Warner anymore? They were they decided not to um, be on Warner. A sounded like over a, with Warner. Like an amicable split, but they re- did resign for yeah, the best back. of or whatever. Yeah, like a one album deal. Yeah, and they were free agents again. So yeah, shop around. So my mom told me, "Can we play Honey Baby Sweetie Doll?" Yeah, all one word. Oh hell yeah. Oh, they like to record themselves plugging in their amps, don't they? It's fun. <laughs> There's some old... What's the song before Pretty Woman? Oh, Intruder? Intruder, yeah. yeah. Intruder. Intruder vibes going on here. What if it's like four minutes of this? <laughs> it's almost primus. Right? It is just lopsided enough, isn't it? Just yeah. I'm like, what? Honey, baby, sweetie, doll, you're the one that I want, or I don't want one at all. Honey, baby, my heart's a flame, my mom. Honey, baby, my heart's a flame. Yeah, right? Let's <laughs> nail <laughs> He dead on with that, I think. <laughs> Valerie had a big brown beaver. <laughs> We're kidding, Wolf. We're kidding. 
That's that whammy pedal right there. He's making good use of it on this record. Let's get started. Let's not stop soon. This has got to be a recent tune. This, this isn't from the 70s, 80s. Now it's feeling a little modern, isn't it? I think Wolfie had to say where this one was weaving in and out of the bass line. It's, it's, it's you. It feels like it, right? No, that's decidedly 21st century Van Halen right there. Yeah. They were ne- he was never doing those, chun, 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 you know, kind of. Honey, baby, Hampton's kind of lost and sort of rich. I dig both and I don't care which. <laughs> You're going to make me crash. Some of that street poetry. Yeah. yeah. I forgot there's no ballads with Dave. He ain't talking about love. <laughs> Why can't this be love? <laughs> you know what he's saying about when he's comparing himself and, and Sammy. He's like, it, it's all about love with Sammy, and I ain't talking about love. This ain't the best of both worlds. No. There's, I mean, am I tripping? There's no ballads on this record. Nope. No. That's not his style. No, and, and this this is why it's a, it's a sleeper good Van Halen al- album, you know? supersedes uh, Sammy stuff not really like they, that's a, an era and we're in the stage where we have to talk about eras with this band and, and it's, oh, is that a, yeah it was Dave, dog. Dave's Dave's dog from the interview that he's scratching on from yeah. the- <laughs> dog with dog yeah. is in the studio nice that's it's like uh Van Halen on metal <laughs> Seamus dog is my co-producer dog is my <laughs> Uh, Unless it was Ralph. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was a pretty good take, guys, but I think I'd like to hear another. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that feels like a fresh one. And it feels like maybe having a fresh guy in the band that's only 16 years old and has mm-hmm. that youthful spirit and that piss and vinegar that we all miss from when the other guys used to have higher testosterone levels. Yes, more piss and more vinegar yeah. than they do now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. now. I could totally imagine Wolfie saying like, or if if Ed turns in and go like, what do you think, Wolf? Like, the other one. Chunk, 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 yeah, chunk. Exactly. I side with chunk, 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 chunk. <laughs> I'm with the kid. <laughs> that's how you take it. And I'm a, I'm a. Uh, man. It's good. If if you're gonna get one it? final record, and nobody knew at the time, I guess. Man, this thing just disappeared from from my radar. Yes, yeah, it's, it's practically out of print at that. I mean, at this point, then. Yeah. Like if you can't even stream it. Yeah. You ask you ask people what Van Halen's last album is. Probably not going to come up with a different kind of truth. No, you could come up with depending how old the person is. They'd mm-hmm. be like, 1984. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's a full on litmus test. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I don't know if this is too early or maybe just the right amount of time. Where's Jamie in this? <laughs> well, let's, let's think about that. 
Well, that that was her with the tattoo, wasn't it? Maybe she's the woman. She is the woman. They do talk about woman. Hmm. Um. I. You know. I don't have an answer. By the way, I'm not going. I'm not going anywhere. In that, on the last album, we had talked about Jamie had died. Oh, that's right. Is Jay, is Jamie a ghost throughout well, see, this thing? These are old songs. These are old songs about back when she was still alive. Good call, Jared. Remembering Jamie. The insight. Wow. Into the paranormal, possibly. She's still the alive woman. She would be. Anyway, don't sleep on Jamie. Not sure where she's at. Sleeping. <laughs> don't sleep on Jamie while she's sleeping. But she didn't like that. Speaking of referencing the past, though, that other clip that uh, I had with Shanks was that one where he was um, talking Edward about... Edward Long Shanks. That's what I keep thinking of every time. The problem so was Long Scotland. It's full of Scots. And I also like how it's just it's just natural to, <laughs> to nickname and shortcut producers. On, Shanks. Uh, oh, yeah. Our, our, our production. <laughs> so good. But about it, Shanks? <laughs> It was him talking about like because we're kind of um, just all the research or I don't not research but just him initially in the beginning just trying to figure out where to start and then homework asking even in the clip he self admittedly says like selfishly asking Ed like bring me all the all the things yeah so we Number can seven? sit through uh, yep yeah. did they want you to be hands on did they want you to be a facilitator like what did they want facilitator well I mean I think. You know, as a fan, and this is where you know where Wolfie is amazing, is that he's he's a historian of the group yeah. as well. And so, one of the fun things early on is I said to Eddie, I said, "Listen, you know, one thing that's really I think is important is if we're, especially if we're, if you're writing lyrics to songs on tracks that never got released, or I'm sure fans know some of these tracks." I said, can you play me everything? Which it was a selfish <laughs> endeavor for right. me personally, but also really important. And so here's Eddie Van Halen driving into my driveway with his, you know, Ferrari with a box full of dats and CDs and cassettes. And, and, and for about, I think, a day and a half, we sat there and we just listened to Everything, which was so fun. Right. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. A guided tour I mean, through the vaults. Where, where, where is this from? And he goes, oh, that's Dave's basement at his house in Pasadena. Oh I'm like, where's Dave? He's like, I don't know, it's upstairs making a sandwich, you know? <laughs> Let's unpack that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's unpack this for a second. <laughs> One, a day and a half, which everybody that's listening to this podcast would kill to do, oh, but shit. how many cigarette how many cigarette butts were in that ashtray over a day and a half of Ed being sitting there with Shanks over a hundred and, 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 and as they have, and, okay, let's back up. There's a lot to think about with this clip. Cause I, I, I vision, like he paid such a good picture. And in the past we've talked about, if you're a fan of this podcast, you know how we've, uh, every now and then we'll pepper in Ed's love for driving fast. Yes. From the beginning. And even Gene Simmons, admittedly saying how he was shitting his pants with Ed driving him to where he needed to go. That's but right. getting back to, can you imagine Ed showing up with a bucket of dat tapes, CDs, riding shotgun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's, right? And he pulls up in his Porsche. 
<laughs> yeah, help me unload some of these. Some of them fell on the floor. <laughs> well, you know it was. I had to pull a gun on Fred Durst to get some of these. <laughs> nice callback. What's funny, though, that if I didn't obviously play the whole clip because he goes on, like the, um, the Dave and Dave guys were asking him, like, well, what do they have? Like, what were you listening to? Right? Because he says, like, yeah. he has tape. He's like he has tapes from when they were playing at Dave's uh, basement. Yeah, yeah, man. So it's like the Pasadena days, dude. Yeah, yeah. He still had pimples. So he he still has all that shit. Yeah, or had it's. And the thing is, it probably still exists. And it's not fair to put that on Wolfie to like he's got his own career and his own life to live. Yeah, yeah. But someday, if you get bored, throw us a rarities disc. You know. When the time is right, you know him and Al will go through that. And That's probably the the real thing right the, there is you, Al. Yeah. Who's been like radio silence for over two years now. Hey, man. And I get it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you're right. That's probably the deciding factor right there. When, when Al's ready, it'll happen. He's kind of the only guy. He's kind of the only guy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. got He's got the flame. And just to touch on Alec again, like this, just to remind me, and like we're listening to all these like killer jams where he's just ripping that double bass is fucking mm-hmm. all over this album. And there was another thing I was reading, um, just that you 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 forget like, and you see it in the footage from some of the old shows where he has that uh, neck brace. Yes, and I, I never really knew why, but I, uh, there was one interview I read where um, I think it was in a, a water skiing accident, waters or snow. I think it was water skiing. <laughs> But regardless, it was a skiing it was like, accident. <laughs> <laughs> the slopes were slick that day. Yeah. <laughs> Heavy powder. But um, yeah, like the, it sounded like that was part of like what part of I don't I don't want to say anything out of out of school, but like he had to deal with like these back issues that sounded like it, it took a while. Like he was even taking like trying to figure out how, like his posture on the on the drums, yeah. like, just being a little more you know aware of how that. I forget how he said it in the interview. It was like. Back in the old days, I would just hunch over with my cigarette and a beer and play. But now he's just like more aware of like the technique how becomes should... important. Yeah. Exactly. As you get older, you realize yeah. you got to stretch and you got to have use proper technique. Hey, Amen. Technique. I'll admit to that. One. Make it easy on yourself. Yeah. Because yeah. when you're young yeah. and your body's made of rubber, you yeah, you just hunch and clench and just. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the doctor teeth and like you're just animal back there. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, yeah, you can't. Yeah. Even Ed, like the whole thumb thing, like he was like, you can't grind your fucking fingers and okay, axe. I want a part two, or maybe this becomes a series because you've got that great painting of Animal in the uh, straight jacket from the uh, from Maiden. the Iron Maiden album cover. <laughs> I would love to see Animal in that first Van Halen album, like leather barbarian X. Business that uh, he the was the old more, school Alex outfit. The old school Alex outfit <laughs> just is a just is maybe like an addendum or a part, or maybe beginning of a series. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's funny you said that. This is a total segue, and you could take this out if you want. But that we're going to do another Muppet Rock show in and in, in Georgetown. Nice. Um, but um, one of, I want to do. I'm, I don't know if I'll have time to do it for this show because I I, I want to do the Van Halen one. Which kind of, I mean, oh, yeah, you can't really ties into that, but he's yeah. kind of blurry and fast on the cover, but yeah, but no, you're right. Like Alex, it's the back that. when we're like, Michael's all sweaty and gross and uh, Alex is looking like Keanu Reeves in a barbarian <laughs> outfit. 
<laughs> Everybody had that back then. They just got off stage with the whiskey. James had that going on. Yeah. It was kind of a thing. Oh, that was how all the guys in Queensryche used to dress. <laughs> it was a thing. Yeah. Beastmaster was huge around that For time. sure. <laughs> it was a very Crawl. Mark Singer-heavy yeah. era. <laughs> Anytime you could pull a Mark Singer reference in a podcast, you could almost have to drink yeah, to that. take it. Oh, man. Let's keep trucking. Number nine, track number number nine, The Trouble Would Never. I feel like this was a new one too. My memory from an hour ago when uh, Wolfie said it is fuzzy, but I think it'd probably be evident. We'll know within 30 seconds. I'm going to say new. Yeah. 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 Uh, he's right there with him on the bass, doubling his dad. And, and Michael wasn't in. Michael wasn't doing that shit. Well, that's some YYZ shit right there. Yeah. Classic Van Halen backup for yeah, yeah. the ooze and the ahs. It, it almost feels like stepping into a warm pool. You know, you're like, ah, it's got to be a little bit. Yeah. Every Einstein's a sign. Tweedledum and Tweedledum. Ain't no fool to see. Never even wonder. Yeah, we could come together. I will call for you. Hey, never's good for me. How's never sound to you? 1 800, tell me, baby. Good right there. <laughs> tell me, baby. He got 1-800-TELL-ME-BABY. Sammy had 1-900. 1-900. A little more dated reference. Yeah. 1-900-SPANKED. Hmm? I mean, we like writing songs about girls. We just don't have to write every song about girls. <laughs> <laughs> Love with me, baby. pedal coming out there. Oh, getting up on the dusty end of the neck there, Wolfie. thing is like i come sad that uh, yeah just dive bomb that shit eddie dude eddie is the dive bomb king can, can we just say that oh, down. fucking dive bomb king i have that as a note eddie sweet dive bombs <laughs> yes. that's my note <laughs> they are sweet but i kind of also wish that i mean the the production like the bass sound on this album like if you could have applied that to to mikey at any point during the van halen career yes i think i think we could probably find somewhere an interview with shanks wishing that it, you know, talking about like, oh man, for a I wanted, fan, I'm I wanted sure. to work with Mikey. I'm sure everybody was great. Being between the brothers was great. Fuck it, Mikey. That asterisk, <laughs> right? 
He really hasn't lost much off his fastball lyric-wise. I know that Shanks already said that. But I'm going to amen that. Whatever he might be feeling age-wise in his larynx, mm-hmm. not affected his brain so oh, far at this point anyway. He might be a little mushy now. I don't know. <laughs> I've seen him on 60 Minutes. Uh, he's never at a loss for fucking words, that guy. And he's, he has the lyrics on this one. Like, hearing it... I, I I gotta be honest, like hearing I love hearing it in these headphones, which I don't get to do a lot. Like paying attention to all the things, but even like his lyrics, like he no shortage for words, that fucking guy. Yeah. And not and not really any fat on it either. Mm-mm. Yeah. He doesn't get flowery. He's clever, but he's not getting flowery. And, and again, he could ride the like yeah, I'll use maybe some lyrics from when we were kids, so it's relatable, but it's like all, I'm also David Lee Roth, and I don't give a fuck. That's right. Because <laughs> he's rich is awesome. I have canoed down the Amazon. I have worked as an EMT. <laughs> I have lived in Japan for whatever. Like the guy's always on an adventure. And I was gonna, or, since we're talking about Dave, yeah, um, like there's never a short. It, it's interesting to see what it's tangent, I guess, because like what he he was trying to do the solo thing, and then they canceled the shows. But I guess what I was getting at. Um, he has his his own like YouTube channel. Every now and then, I'll just drop in. Like mm-hmm. you just can't keep up with it, what he says. Like <laughs> kind of what we're talking about. Like what he's, Shank said earlier, he paints vignettes with his dialogue, and it's kind of the same way when you go on his YouTube channel. Like you want maybe some idea of like where he's at in life or what's going on, but you don't get. You'll never get that. that. Like, he's You'll just never get it. So many different directions. And sorry, I have to say this because come on, I'm a comic nerd. The last time I dropped into that. Uh, his YouTube channel, like it just, now, it just shows up in my fucking al- algorithm. Oh yeah! And one of the latest ones, like he's ta- he was talking about how, because um, remember he goes to Japan and like he's studying how to draw from like these uh, Japanese and the calligraphy, and, yeah, all that stuff, which is fucking like the guy's just so eclectic, is what I'm getting at with that. But in the recent clip I saw heard online, he was um, like he starts talking about comic books. And at first, like, when anytime I hear someone like, oh, okay, another fucking whatever musician or actor, like, I want to do comics and air quotes. And it's like, okay, I'm not saying this with Dave because this is what I'm getting at. Like, usually it's like, oh, yeah, okay, try to do a comic, whatever. But like, you sit there and like, listen to Dave and like anything he tackles, whether it be like, I'm going to make a thing for tattoos. Where we talked about the Oh, yeah, one. the tattoo skincare line that he had. Yeah. When yeah. he gets into a thing, like, he doesn't do it just on a whim or to make or money. Like, it, like he's, he knows about he's it. He's interested in it. Because I'm, I'm, I, so I'm like, okay, what the fuck is Dave going to talk about with comics? But he's like, yeah, uh, Little Nemo. And he's referencing like all these old graphic novels and stuff. And I was like, okay, I'll mm-hmm. listen more. And then, like, I, I guess he did it. Like, he, he met with, um, the people that did a, um, a, a, a graphic novel with um, John Wick guy. So he met with those. Mm. I forget. It was related to that video game. Like they did a graphic novel off of it. But it, like when once you, you start listening to him talk and like he's not just lightly covering yeah. the surface. Like he knows his shit one, jumps into it because he loves it. And he was, I guess he was trying to write a graphic novel or something. So he was meeting like, but also thinking 
in terms of present day and knowing that like it's all digital now so like if you're going to do a comic and tell a um tell a panel to panel story in a digital age mm-hmm. these are the things you can do online with telling your story and it's like this is shit i was reading in um like there's a Scott McCloud book where he talks about storytelling and how what you this was like in the nineties and like Dave's fucking he <laughs> knows his shit. Sorry to go I told him nerding out on comics because I love comics. That's what everybody's but, here for. But like I loved that like yeah, you like if Dave's into it, like he knows his shit and he was on top of it. So that was sorry for <laughs> You get the long. feeling he's never like blase on something. He's either yeah. all in or you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, thank you. Exactly. Yeah. You follow? <laughs> Okay, uh, I'm gonna just roll into that next track, number number ten on the list. Out of space, not outer space. It's out, out of O U T T A, out of space. There's no more it's space. It's not a Van Halen album unless there's a little grammatical fuckery. Yeah, yeah. to take a hike. Yeah. No vacancy. Can't sit here. <laughs> Seat's taken. He's taken. Planet's taken. <laughs> Jog on. <laughs> what, a, what a interesting take. I'd expect nothing less from Dave. He's sounding good. Sounding good, Dave. It's, uh, I mean, say what you want. At the end of the day, he's DLR and you're not. Yes, that's what this album smacks of, is, uh, I, I swear I've heard this before. Fresh but familiar. Yeah. It's not a bad place to come from. I guess that's, that is actually probably the definition of like a great 
uh, pop song. It's fresh but familiar. Mm-hmm. It's got to have that element that sucks them in. No, you're right, because this is just in from our crack research team. I guess this is one of those uh, old-school jams from, uh, like, 76. Oh, that's old, old. Like, oh, like, some of these maybe go back to, like, uh, the uh, what's his name from Kiss? Well, Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons demos, huh? Yeah, more than likely. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Like, I, re- I remember one in- interview I was uh, reading. Ed was saying, like, oh, yeah, I wrote that in high school. And one of these fucking songs that he did, which is... Because he's dead. <laughs> what that guy wrote in high school. Oh, man. But that's it. Just a testament to just where their head has always been, just making just cool fucking rock songs when they're, I mean, there's different degrees of it for sure, but there's always those early days of, uh, I feel like every creative person, their, their first endeavors are always just like, I got to show the fucking world what I can do. And like, Ed just had all he. I'm sure he just did it like a brain dump when he was a kid, and mm-hmm. going forward. So like he has so much to pull from. Yeah. When they're ready to like, we need a song. Pull something from the fucking archives. <laughs> yeah, who you think's got a deeper, a deeper archive like him or Prince? Ooh. I think I think Ed probably spent more time in the studio than Prince. Whew. Or here, here's a better question: Who was more that, who was more organized to to uh, uh, Prince? Yeah. Prince is way yeah, more yeah. Is way more anal. <laughs> yeah, Prince is rolling up in his Porsche with that too. Well, I don't know though. Yeah, I mean, he could. They just probably organize it differently. But yeah, they seem like they have very different workflows. Yeah, I don't see Prince miking the inside of a piano while he's banging on the strings in the inside of the <laughs> piano being like this is i'm making something yeah out of but this. prince has never been shit face in marvin hamlish's house right <laughs> and i also don't see prince having high shelves for lots of uh <laughs> storing all that no. it's probably like shorter yeah. wider yeah. but no Pop like tables. what was that kevin smith uh did, did yeah, you ever yeah. talk about this yeah uh, at yes. paisley park when he but, was making a documentary it's interesting to compare these two now, because yeah, like like you said, he had every room was miked, but then we're also talking about Ed, who we talked about in one uh, podcast, where in his bathroom he had a mm-hmm. never know when this had a jack. Gonna strike. Yep, ready yeah. to plug in. <laughs> good reverb in there too. Probably. But just a good example of like two creatives who are obsessed with fucking music, yeah. trying to design their lives around a way where wherever they're at. I can record a fucking thing. Like, that's what it comes down to, regardless of how they organize it. Like, when I feel it, I need to fucking put it down. Now. Yeah. Two of the best guitar players. Uh, well. Totally. Lost. Uh, one of the other ones, Jeff Beck. Oh. Last month. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Like. Cheers to that. Yeah. Cheers. As much as Prince and Eddie Van Halen were great, I don't think anyone played the whammy bar the way Jeff Beck did. I mean, that was it. He's always played with it in the palm of his hand. Like, it was just always there. Right, it was yeah. just part of his technique where at any moment it just goes, Yeah, always had it on It sounded rail. so human yeah. and like a voice when he played. And that, that had to have some influence. You'd think, right? Because like, he, cause he's playing with the, all the cats that, I mean, I know we all know uh, Ed's a fan of uh, Clapton, but I mean, all those. All Anyone who played in the Yardbirds, exactly. Yeah. He probably had to play those songs in the clubs growing up. He's probably well acquainted. Oh yeah, like I mean, was there we, not videos of those two jamming? Like, which, could they not be in the Eddie and 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 uh, 
Jeff Beck. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I would, that had to have happened at some point. What I was Unless just, it couldn't. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> you know, some things just can't happen. <laughs> just, you can't be in the same room. No. But there wasn't, did we talk about this? There was an interview, like, speaking of those, like, their, um... Why is Prince playing the bass in my face? <laughs> <laughs> but just those... BS. They made it up. Like, Ed, Ed's influences. Like, did we talk about this? There, or, I, I don't know if we played this or not, but there was a clip with one interview per, uh, back in the day, person interviewing him and asking about his influences. And he's like, uh, yeah, Clapton, Crossroads. And yeah. of course, Ed had his guitar on so hand. And, and, he, and he plays, he starts playing Crossroads. Just like right there in front of her. Um, anyways. And I think, and we all know, Clap, by this point, if you don't know, Clapton's kind of an asshole. He had very, like, dismissive things to say about uh, Eddie's blues playing in particular. Like He called it acrobatic. Yeah. <sighs> all right. Yeah, Eddie never got drunk and said the N-word from state, so have a seat, no. Eric. Mm-hmm. It's a general, yeah, you get that with any kind of, I mean... Keep making, keep making your anti-vax anthems with the what's his name, the Irish guy, Van Morrison. <laughs> Those two hooking up, talking about yelling at clouds together on on records, basically. <laughs> Fuck. You live long enough to become the villain, I guess. Yeah, I think we all know you should have screens on your windows. Yeah. Not Dave. He stayed frosty the whole time. Oh. Dave playing Jesus Christ. It's not a it's not an episode if I don't completely smash the post. But this is Dave playing the guitar too, just like Ice Cream Man. Totally. Yeah, just like on Ice Cream Man, he played that intro. And this is one of the newer songs. Yep. It's it's hearkening back to it for sure. Or his take on Heartbreak Hotel. But this was one of those jams that were uh, Wolfie came in to kind of help. Put that structure together. Hand, which he's not performing on. Or the band comes in like Ice Cream Man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I traveled to the South Egypt. Rabbi appeared to me. Voice heavy with the sands of time. He made me see. Same as Kabbalah day, but few it's free. God guides us on our journey, but careful with those feet. Stay frosty in a world without end. Stay frosty. Had a uh, like a Vietnam era saying, like Vietnam War, particularly when you're out on patrol, you know, stay frosty, frosty, stay frosty out there, boys. We got good lemonade and dicks and cups. <laughs> Second only to ZZ Top, yes, with yes. shuffle, and you know where they got it from. Those years in the club playing ZZ Top songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was that one jam they would have played? It on one of Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers? Yeah. Yeah, they did a few. Oh. Okay, so we're going to start our ZZ Top podcast next year, right? <laughs> That's what we do. We wait for a pivotal oh, member to I, die, and then we start a podcast on your, on your You mean the ZZ Top podcast called Moving Sidewalks? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Trace, uh, Trace uh, Hombres. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> going to go with ZZ Top of the Pops. <laughs> but what did I want to call this podcast? Uh, instead of fair warning, uh, uh, wailing about Halen. Ba- <laughs> Boy, thankfully, 
That was not the case. Smarter minds prevail. Coast, where the folks who know about frostiness stay frostiest the most. And my brand new landlord proposed me a toast. <laughs> my West Coast host, stay frosty. As typical David Lee, when we saw the Sam and Dave tour, uh, yeah. even though he wasn't in prime a- anything actually for that tour, it was it was little sad. But his raps never dropped in quality. They're doing his guitar player. His sh- so and so. I wish I remember his name. His shit is the shittiest. And let's move on to the band. And I think that that's something that Dave's great at. But you kind of wish he would drop from time to time. But he can't help it. Is that his his associations will take over from maybe his meaning, you know, or, or whatnot. So mm-hmm. he he can't drop a good pun. He has <laughs> he has to hit it. He's yeah. got to hit it. Yeah, you know, and you see, you see when they're in interviews, the the members being like, "Fuck, man, he's like, <laughs> here he goes, yeah, it's monkey time, it's monkey time." And anytime he hits it, he then wants to hit more. Like he gets hungrier and thirsty. It's insatiable. It's thirsty, yes. Yeah, so thirsty, Dave. It, it, you, you, why are you so thirsty, <laughs> Mister Roth? Oh, the first train wreck ending of the album. <laughs> oh my god. Willy Willy, that's it. Wolf X is doing a great job. No, it's funny you said Wolfgang. We we mentioned it earlier how he had a bigger part in putting this together, and our crack research team just brought this uh, headline news and just this just in. No oh, shit, it was just an interview. I just I, I just found while we we're listening to that how Wolfie goes into more detail about constructing the song because. Um, like you were saying, Dave plays the beginning, and uh, he's saying how he um, helped construct the song. But he goes into more detail, saying how um, his dad did a little slide part that we heard. Um, there's the Ice Cream Man reference, but then he says um, this one was more collaborative. It was the four, four of us in the studio together. Um, and then he goes on to say, usually it's Dad, Al, and I in the studio during the day recording, like we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier, and then Dave would come in later. But this was the one where he had to say, hey, we need to figure this out. And all four of us were in the studio together. And that was, he said, goes on to say, it was really fun and collaborative. And, um, but as in, in classic, uh, Wolfie fashion, because he's a class act, and it ends the interview saying, in a way, I'm honored that Dave and the producer at the time, Shanks, gave me the time of day to lead a bit. Mm-hmm. That, um, and um, that they trusted me and gave me a chance. And yeah. it was just, yeah. Diplomatic immunity. <laughs> Only he could do it. Yeah. Only Nixon can go to China. <laughs> you know what I'm God bless that kid. I mean, you'll never yeah. really ever hear me say anything shitty about him unless something comes out or whatever. Yeah. He seems like, yeah. <laughs> but seems it- like he's the real deal. And however, and the way that all came together, I mean, they're kind of like bookending their career in a way, like mm-hmm. like with all the ice cream and references and that. Mm-hmm. One. And completing mm-hmm. that's the third generation of Van Halens to appear on Van Halen albums, with Jan showing up, Jan oh, wow, showing up on right. uh, Diver Down. Yep, totally. I mean, you know, could Wolfie and Michael do something together? <laughs> that would because be amazing. They're the shits. W- they're they're yeah. both the shits. The Wolf and Mike tour, like the Sam and Dave tour. Yeah. 
Didn't we talk about that in one episode? Like, yeah, those guys should just do a thing, bring in some guest musicians that they really like to work to play with. You you got rotate them in and out. They both got deep rolled. You get Justin Hawkins in. I was just gonna say that Justin singing. Michael on bass, yeah. Wolf guitar. Justin can play a little uh, rhythm. I mean, he's a hell of a good lead guitar player in his own right. Yeah, but he could he could add a second guitar. He's kind of like got the Sammy uh, skills there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For shits and wiggles tour. <laughs> <laughs> Justin can so wiggle. Fun. Oh yeah, so much fun. Let's go. Big River. Right, Big River. River. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is this is a long podcast. We're getting loopy, and it's been a long time, and I miss this. I miss us. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a minute. Yeah, and I want to shout out all the. You know what? I look at the analytics, and I see that we, we got. We got <laughs> I want to shout out the UK. Your algorithms. Ooh. I want to shout out Australia. Yes. 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 New Zealand, for that matter. And you know what's nice is the Australian viewer listeners don't hold it against us for what we did. Uh, yeah, they don't know about the other podcast that we, we shit on Australia for that whole Australia's a good episode. Spot. I'm sorry, but it's a great time. I shouldn't have brought that up. And no, we're going to cheers just one more time. Thank you, Bart. Magnificent. Yes. This, yes. One, this one's for you. <laughs> Thanks for the kick in the ass. <laughs> At Magnificent. Appreciate it. We appreciate you. I don't know what country you're listening from. God bless that country. Big River, is that what I was getting at? Big River. Did they want you to be hands-on? Did they want... That's not Big River. That is. That made the tone base. Even for just one second, it's nasty. Else's his hands like it sounds sloppy, but it's like controlled chaos. Exactly. The squeaks and the squeals that come out of yeah. That's just that's all in the fingers. He could pick up the shittiest pawn shop guitar and sound like Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> Masterful brush strokes, you know. Yeah. Where. He is the king of the dive bombs, Chris. You're correct. It's, <laughs> it's not even close to this, anyone else. This album and then some of the live footage I saw coming off of this album, they're, they're playing in 2007 as well as 2015. Eddie's the king of the sweet dive bombs. <laughs> He's just got it. I think he trademarked that. The dive bomb? If, if, you're, if you're busting one of those, you, you got to pay the tax a little bit. You got to kick it. You gotta kick up to the bosses.
more freedom to the bass lines because it's Wolfie than having to tell right, Michael on. and or feel like he needs to tell Michael or rope Michael into something simpler because Wolfie's getting away with a lot of isms in there. Mm-hmm. He's getting a lot of with some flim flam. And it's hard to know because Mike would pull off some flim flam too, but the production was never highlighting such it. that he could be so clearly heard since the old days. I think he was, it got less as time went on. Like I think you could hear him better. On some of those earlier records, mm-hmm. yeah. before they completely newsteaded him on well, some of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But that rhythm section just right now in that solo was fucking solid. And they were just so like, good. we're going to hold down this fucking It's like pocket. Shank said, DNA. Let fuck, let let Papa Ed just do his solo, <laughs> and then Ed comes back in and he echoes that yes. with that rhythm before they wrap up that whole yes. section. That's fucking rad. Mm. I mean... I know why, Shanks, I know why you cried. Yes. <laughs> I could taste those tears. Sweet tears of joy being in the presence. I mean, agreed, like, we wish Mike was here. But, fuck. You know, also, this is a, this is a family band now. Mm-hmm. It kind of was before, mm-hmm. but it just, you know, they've doubled down or one-thirded down. Yeah. I hate to I hate to ask this, but do you think like do you think Mikey do you think <clears throat> if Mike was on this album, yeah, do you think it would be along the same line? What do we okay, here's a better way to question to ask this question. What do you think each I see why this is bass, so difficult bass player would bring to, to if, if you had to switch out bass players, what what do you think Mikey would have brought? Like do you think do you think Wolf was like so in tune with his dad where they can like, and maybe because because think about it like 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 Ed, maybe Ed's vibing off of like my fucking kids playing with me and my El brother. Pagano, I think you know this I mean? is I think this is the best case scenario. This album is the best case scenario. I think it would suffer if Mikey was on it because it would be a different dynamic. It, obviously, it probably wouldn't have happened unless Wolfie was involved. And what Wolfie did was took that and took it seriously. And then applied all of his fucking talents to it. And because of that, it had a compounding effect to get his dad into it. And if his dad's into it, Rev's into it. And then, yeah, now you got the three Van Halen going on. That's the, that's the, the Voltron to, <laughs> to, to Dave coming in, allowing Dave to come in, but also probably allowing the resilience to suffer having Dave come in here. And, they and you, you got Shanks who is putting the patience and the time and just collecting those diamonds on that beach while they're recording for for an album. I think if Mikey was in it, and I think if Rick Rubin had a pro, uh, had something to do with it, or any other producer, any other thing would have broken this this crystalline, you know, kind of um, geometric shape. That kept this album being like a fucking pretty good album. This is this is not nearly the worst Van Halen album. Not even close. And we're I think we're above fifty percent. We're know? above Diver Down. We're above <laughs> Diver Down. It's an interesting conversation because if you you can immediately like if you really drill down a, a little more, like you can immediately say like Stay Frosty would not be what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, there you go. The, and, more, and and I'm not trying to disrespect any musicians we're talking about right now. I'm just trying to. No. We're just trying to pick apart the creative process because uh, Wolfie had a lot of influence on that song, so that 
song probably wouldn't be there. It would, or, mm-hmm. and if it was, it'd be a different incarnation of it. And um, if half of this, if half of these songs are old songs, like they might have been the same but different if Mikey was mm-hmm. on there. But then maybe we, we wouldn't have the the other half of the album. It, maybe it'd be totally different. And and also just really quick, like it, uh, it sounds like. Yeah, like you were saying earlier, diplomatic immunity. Yeah, so, like, you have Wolf in there. Like, he has the glue. His ears and his dad. Like, they have a good back and forth. Him and his dad and his uncle, obviously. And then um, Shanks is coming in and filling it out. And and obviously, they gave Wolfie like, hey, yeah, what what are your thoughts on this song? And they would have just and. And Probably Mike, more and, than and they he, would have Mike. Oh, and Mike, yeah. Mikey's never mullet, would have given him that. The mullet is just saying, Mikey, be quiet. You don't want to get kicked out again. Come on, buddy. Come on. <laughs> yeah, and I want to... the G, Mikey. <laughs> and I couldn't decipher this from the uh, the writing credits. So all the songs are credited as Van Halen and Roth. Does on that this, mean... On this album? Yeah. Does that mean all the Van Halens and Roth? That's a good question, mm. man. Because it used to be, <laughs> did, did, did Wolfie get a get an education yeah. in copywriting right. and, yeah, and residuals? It used to, used to yeah, always yeah. be Eddie, Alex, yeah, yeah. Michael, and Dave, until or they took, Sammy. Until they took Mike's name off. Until he got off mm-hmm. that one time. But that's a oh. very good question. But now, they're, but now they're credited to Van Halen and Roth. That's why they had to bring Jimmy Iovine in. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why they had to bring that's him the in. Big, yeah, the big negotiations. Big, big. Yeah. Big treble. Let's bring this one. Wait a minute. One more. Yeah. Let's bring it home. Uno mas. Lucky 13. Do it. Hey, beats working. Also, can we just give respect to, they could have done eight songs and cashed <laughs> Dude, it. Dude, that's a good For point, sure. man. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is a deep album. I didn't realize, like, I've heard the, as many times as I've listened to it until we, like, sat down and picked it apart, which I love doing with you guys. It's like... This is a deep album, man. Like, 13's, like you said, Chris, uh, like, there's a lot of tracks on this one. Yeah, thirteen's about two more than I than I than I care for, mm-hmm. but sure. I, I'll allow it. Sure, <laughs> I mean, this, yes. but comparatively in the in the catalog of Van Halen albums, like as long, it's rare yeah. to get this many tracks. And I gotta say, we haven't said this song sucks. Oh, because so there's some, you wanna know why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh no because I don't know yeah which one sucks no no they, 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 it's thirteen good songs and that is a, that's a shitty way to put it but it's trouncing expectations the expectations were low after Sharon yep. and the and the aborted and now uh, kids get back coming together with Sammy and you get back together with Dave and nothing's really it's all kind of lukewarm and and nothing it, it's Republicans and, and Democrats who knows who's team is who's on sides and all this stuff and it took the kid to to glue it together the chill i believe the quiz that's had a rack i was gonna make that i love it dude wolfie maybe the one who looks where we dare not Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) he can see long live the fighters beats working
Lascivious. Sammy as much as the next guy, but they just never have the same hips. As, you know? Great way to say it. Did you say hits or hips? Hips. No, they had the hits. They, I mean, arguably, they, they had, had more, more hits. hits. But they didn't have the hips. More hits, not, not not as much hips. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's just a swagger when Dave's in the in the, the catbird seat. That's the thing. Like, Dave, Dave is so eclectic. Like, you, you don't know what road he's going to go down. Yeah. Which could... You just go down. You just go with him, for better or worse. Yeah, right. You know you're going to get something interesting, though, and yeah. he's not going to fall back on like. I mean, they all every. every yeah, I mean, I don't want to. Dave would have never wrote "I Can't Stop Loving You," and nobody should have wrote "I Can't Stop Loving yeah. You." <laughs> <laughs> the guy's phrasing. It's, it comes down to phrasing. It does. Yeah. It's it does. just. It's a little sexier. With Dave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Dude, and you know Shanks is just it, loving it. Just oh, sitting dude. back there being oh. like, he just did that. He just, he's all of us. He's all of us yeah. in the room. He's, he's <laughs> Oh. Oh. You hear that cowbell? Yeah, cowbell and a dive bomb. Shit. At the same time. And he's just about playing uh, a day tripper. There's several on this record actually that I think could stand up to some of his his best. Well, that was he did What's crazy is like, or just really quick listening to some of the interviews I read, like um, Ed was saying how he would record like a couple different solos and just like walk walk away, meaning like, okay, you guys pick which one you like. Yeah, yeah. Like just giving them them those options. I think like, even at points, uh, he was never above splicing together yeah. like three solos into the perfect beast. Totally. Know? But how cool would that be to? Can you imagine, like, if you if your uncles were, <laughs> one of your uncles is Alex Van Halen, one of your uncles is Eddie, or your dad is Eddie Van Halen, mm-hmm. and you just get to jam with them, yeah, and have some say every now and then, or like yeah. that creative, I can't even that, imagine. It's a good idea, Wolfie. Take it from a guy that was in a band with his uncle. It, it I think, is different for Wolfie. <laughs> <laughs> No, but go on. No disrespect to Greg, but yeah. we were an Irish folk band, and uh, it's not the same. 
<laughs> you mean that everybody in the band were Irish folk? Yeah, or you yeah, were playing too. Irish. But we're folk also tunes. a lot of whiskey in the jar, parting glass, oh. uh, uh, Brendan on the moor. Oh, I know them all. You oh. jammed with your uncle? Yeah. Not the you know, one that was a truck bands? driver. Yeah. That same the guy that heard the out the, who first heard that, the Van Halen album uh, high as shit driving a semi in the middle of the night. <laughs> Shout out Uncle Greg. Um, for who, yeah, uh, a callback to old uh, Fair Warning podcast listeners. That's right. Uh, that's awesome, dude. I think yeah, it's got to be a trip. But is it not? Because that's all he knows. That's a good way to frame it too, man. Like because he grew up in that. That's in the in the heart in the heart of show business. But, but you you said it best earlier, though. Like we're getting another generation of Van Halen uh, family jamming yeah. together, which is fucking rad. And and can you imagine? I can't wait to hear Wolfie's kid. Yeah, I was uh, read my mind, dude. Read <laughs> oh, my man, mind. Come on, you oh, could just I, franchise Van Halen into the next century. Wow. You know, wow. it's like one of those generational starships that you just send off into the fucking right, right. Yeah. send off into the light years ahead and go like, you know what? I know you didn't sign up for this fucking trip, but you're on this trip yeah. and you are going to make some music. If Dave wasn't so good at pulling out, like, uh, how does he not have any kids? Oh, it's great. that he knows that's a whole other episode. <laughs> that, that is mm-hmm. allegations. You well, that's, what, that, that's why he. <laughs> yeah, that's old. Yeah. <laughs> So what they what they do after this? I don't know, I don't even know how to wrap this one up. This they went on tour. Well, we're That's gonna it. have. to. I feel like we went on the whole journey just now. This like, is, dude, we is. are on, we are on the Starship Van Halen. <laughs> we, we had destination. To, like we had Infinity. to get, We had to go to the uh, conspiracy board of strings on this one and try to wrap <laughs> it up because and and honestly, like today, like I was like trying to wrap up like the what are we gonna touch on and the, I, at the last minute I was like. Oh yeah, like we said earlier, there was a live album too. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we didn't even touch on that, but there you go. That's but you're right. Like, we got an excuse to get together at least one more time. At least, we, but like getting back to what you're saying, I don't know how to wrap this one up. We, obviously, we, we can't cover everything. That's oh, <laughs> yes, thank you. That, that's well, what that album deserves. <laughs> well, how do we wrap this up? Did you? Did you? Did we have any uh, tour information on this? This one. Let me rip through a little bit of tour information. Let's talk about it. You know, it seems like every album that they come out with, they do a tour. They did it here. Dave, Dave picked it up. Some of that earlier stuff, he's you know playing a few songs. He's hitting moments. He's struggling for a little while. It's not the Dave that we want to be there, but we're glad that Dave is there and wanting to be there. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and when they're on stage, they got the dynamics and stuff like that. But they they do uh, you know January fifth, two thousand twelve to July twenty fourth, two thousand thirteen. They're doing two legs, fifty shows. It grosses forty nine point nine million dollars. Let's call it fifty. Let's call it fifty. Fifty shows, fifty mil, and damn n- number eight as for that year. Lucrative tours. Number eight. Number eight. What so the fuck were the Stones out and like Dave Matthews well, or something? We're some talking shit? 2012. Yeah, yeah there's I guess so. heavy hitter. You talking about it? right? Like she's killing it. Yeah, all right. Um. So anyway, it does good. It does real good. Everybody's happy. Interscope's fine with it. They're loving it. Um. Finally making back that uh, Limp Biscuit money. 
Yes. <laughs> three three warm up shows at the Cafe Wa. What? New York on January 5th. Henson Studios on February 1st. Then the Forum, February 8th. Then they hit February 18th. Ten days later, they go to Louisville, Kentucky, and they start it. They end a bunch of months later, June 26th, in New Orleans. And for the whole June leg, Coolin' the Gang opens up. Hell yeah. They, That's they a took, throwback to totally. the old days when... totally. It was, I forget what tour it was, but Cool and the Gang opened. might have been That's the second go- or third a, tour. It's a go-to. Yeah. No? That was, that was talking about a reunion. I got to say, that's a Dave call. Right. Right? I'm with there that. Who else on the, in that band the, would say, like, get Cool and the Gang, not get, Wolf? And he's yeah, speci- yeah. No, right? Yeah, yeah. He specifically, uh, I don't know if that clip will make the air, but he called out them back in the day when they were a cover band doing Cool and the You're Gang right. songs. You're right. And yeah. Dave's respect. Dave calls out. He he's never shy well, about anything. But <laughs> but to reference like his uh, his old school like references. So yeah, yeah. that's all. That's got to be the Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's got to be. Um, they they do uh, you know um, they canceled a, a bunch of shows July seventh through the September twenty. See, I'm going to say this four drinks after diverticulitis. No. <laughs> they're overworked. Oh, they're this, exhausted. This isn't the Eddie needs to go to the hospital. Uh, they're just for, exhausted. For the, for the bends or whatever you they get. They forgot you they were to, old. They forgot they were old. <laughs> and what I love about seeing them, what they played, you know, on that Kimmel stuff, like mm. Dave's. Oh, that's when he fucked his nose up. He fell off he, the stage and, yeah. or hit a light or something. Do we get, get into the, that now or do we save it? Oh, oh, that's a tease. That's a tease. You want to. Because that, that's, that, that kicked off the. The tour for the, we the saw. for the live yeah we should let support okay. live album. let that breathe but on this one uh, Sammy Sammy says he likes seeing footage and he wishes that Eddie Van Halen was the same Eddie Van Halen that's playing in this band I'm sure he that does. was playing in 2004 because he he saw maybe oh, the worst of it. I Sammy said that. Sammy said that. Sammy's like, I'm. I don't be smirched. I like seeing these guys play, and I like hearing Eddie play. I wish Where that was, was the that same guy? Eddie. He, he Where was that guy? He recognized it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So this isn't. The, I'm going to read all of the songs that they selected. For now the they didn't play set list? for the set list. All right. They didn't play all these songs every time. They played about 22 songs. We're we're in the 30s or so here okay. with this, but almost always starting with Unchained. There you go. You know? Can't go wrong. I I don't know how I feel about getting that out of the way early or I, wishing you... I agree. You know? <laughs> but you can't argue with... So, like, stand-up comedy. Start with your second best bit. You gotta, you gotta have a good closer. And, and sometimes comedians will say, like, maybe open up with your closer just to fuck with people. Just to fuck with people. Yep. So, <laughs> and what Van Halen has been doing is they've been fucking with their set lists for every tour, they don't. They don't just have that. We always open with this. Not we always the same close. thing every night. No. So you know, jump in when you feel like it. But I'll because we got a long list right here. We're going unchained, running with the devil. Yes, she's the woman. Amen. I'm the one. Word. Romeo delight. Ooh. Oh, see callback. Yeah, the full bug. Oh shit! Right? <laughs> wow. They're having fun here. A little bit tattoo. Everybody wants some. Somebody get me a doctor. Chinatown, Mean Streets. I'm not mad at Chinatown, Chinatown to Mean Streets. Mean Streets. Oh, <laughs> that's a great call. That's a good one. Uh, Jamie's crying. 
where's Jamie? We don't know. We have it. We have another podcast that might to get be into. A whole episode on its own. Yeah, Jamie Chronicles. <laughs> hear about it later, pretty woman. Oh my God! Hear about it later. When's the last time they Vincent fucking would have played that song? Nineteen eighty one. What? I didn't want to. I don't want to jump ahead too much, but like the the reason this set list sounds fucking great is, and I'm just gonna say it's Wolfie mm-hmm. because on mm-hmm. the influence, and, and we might touch on it and. and when we when we readdress the uh, the Van Halen history, but like the next one that we the next tour they do to support the uh, the live album, uh, and I, I want to say again, Wolfie doubles down on like let's go to with these jams, and they play more B sides. There's fifty percent less different kind of truth songs on that 2015 tour and, and it's less hits it's more like b-side stuff so yeah and i and i think Jesus. i think what you're saying here too also is wolfie as a young guy fucking barely a guy fucking <laughs> coming to terms with i can play this stuff but now i gotta sing this stuff too so when you when you have hear about it later that's michael heavy i mean Big time heavy backup vocals and wolfie and eddie can harmonize really well and dave kind of throws it off in his later years and until he hits that stride on by playing 50 shows or so once they get that rhythm boom you know on the on the same page they they get it but wolfie and eddie they got something and wolfie can call out those songs that he likes and, and he can reference the old school stuff Stuff. Yeah. Sorry, you know and why? Scuff. You know why? <laughs> Diplomatic <laughs> immunity. <laughs> so many Krugerans they made on that tour. <laughs> God damn it! So a drum solo comes after Pretty Woman. Still doing that at this point. Yeah. There's two solos, uh, two solo instruments. Drums. What do you think the other one is? Uh, does Dave get a little? <laughs> we get. <laughs> Uh, you really got didn't me. Didn't cut the kid a fucking solo break. No, no, he's, he's not ready for that. Yeah, he's ready. He doesn't get a Jack Daniels bass. He's young. Maybe it would be like a White Claw bass. Or they something. got rid of uh, the singer gets an acoustic solo and yeah. the bassist gets a solo because the bassist was the first solo, always. So you really got me. The trouble with never, blood and fire, bottoms up. Shit. Bottoms up. Uh, Dance the night away. I'll wait. Oh wow! I'll wait. Always seems like an outlier because it is kind of this. It's other... almost ballady. It might be the closest thing Dave ever got to a ballad. That's singing true. about a girl in a porno magazine. That's true, Jamie. Mm. Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Cradle will rock. The, our... Little dreamer. Okay, I take back what I said. That wasn't good. Like, he he had got. He's got a couple ballads, but they're not. No, but they're you're, not you're about. Right. They're not love ballads. Mm-mm. Like little dreamers. Not. It's not like. Oh, I, I love you, little dreamers. No, like, uh, no. Dave dances in the gray tones, man. He's not about the ballads. That's right. That's fucking hey, man. Well said. Hot for teacher. Woman That's... in love. <laughs> Ad- out of love. <laughs> Again? Again? We hit the, yeah. Again? <laughs> yes. That sounds like... <laughs> uh, uh, girl got bad. Hanging, uh, hang him high. Hanging brain. Hanging brain. <laughs> atomic spunk. <laughs> atomic punk. Oh, come on. Anytime atomic punk shows yeah. up. It's a, come on. Come on. 
Beautiful Girls, Ice Cream Man, Panama, Guitar Solo, which is Spanish Fly. 316. To eruption. eruption. Mm-hmm. He, he's still throwing 316 in there, right? Or is he, they can't do it with the kid right there. He's got his repertoire. Yeah. Yes. A little uh, bit of cathedrals thrown in for good measure. Man, just to see it live. Uh, and then Ain't Talking About Love. What do you think would be an encore song that starts with the J and is a four-letter word? <laughs> Gots to. I mean... That's, their, that's just by the numbers alone. That's they got to end with that. What I like is they're not putting Panama there anymore. They're not mm. doing, uh, you know, that's surprising actually. Yeah, yeah, and I think this is the Wolfie. Wolfie made this happen. Mm. Wolfie brought all this. He definitely had in a Venn diagram a good circle with some overlapping as far as what we're playing, what we're excited to play, what tolerances we have with who we're playing with. And just a little bit of maybe carrying the weight because now, you know, my dad doesn't have to deal with this so much anymore. I'll, I'll do a little bit of this stuff. Mm-hmm. That's, what it, that's what it feels like with this. And it was, it, it couldn't have been done, I think, in any other configuration. No. You didn't have, if you didn't have Shanks, Shanks. Yeah. it's not getting done. You didn't have Wolfie, it's not getting done. Might not have been the Van Halen we wanted, but it's the Van Halen we, we deserved. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like, I feel like Wolfie was. He, he jumped in when he. It was like double dutch on this album for Wolfie. I'm just. I'm. Yes. I'm just. Yep. Th- I'm just gonna. Mm-hmm. This is my opinion. He was filling it out. Like he had a song that he had some say on, which is fucking great. He he jumped in when he could with the set <laughs> list. Sixteen. Sixteen. But, but when it came down to to touring again to support that live album we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. like Wolfie stepped in and was like, okay, I know what happened on the, uh, you know, on different kind of truth. And let's talk about the set list. Let's fucking, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He knows. You he, think there was he, deep he cuts? Knows. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> you think there was deep cuts on this 2013 tour? The cuts would, the second cut is the well, deepest as it turns out. Yes. Well, well, you know what? I, uh, I, I want to revisit that. If, if, if we do another podcast about yeah, the will. live album, which would be fucking rad. I, re- I remember reading something earlier where um, I think one of the songs on there, they, and I wanted, I'll be honest, like, I don't remember. Actually, I haven't listened to that Japan live album all the way through. But in one of the interviews I was reading, how, like, there was a couple of, um, one song where they, when they're wrapping it up, I forget which one it was, where they were, oh, that's what it was. It was um, uh, Smoke on the Water. What? Like, when they, I forget what song they were, at the end of it, it was like one of those tail end, like, yeah. we're going to riff on, we're going to yep. jam on this riff. And um, it was smoke on the water, and I remember when I was reading the inter- Jesus he knows. Christ, smoke on the pool table. <laughs> um, wo- uh, wo- who- Wolfie, somebody was saying how they added it, they left it on the live album because that was um, because uh, smoke on the water. Deep Purple played there oh, yeah. at that same arena, so oh, they left they, they left it on the album. Like they had a, whatever how many shows to choose from. They're like right? keep yeah. that one on there because and they didn't put any of their other. Co- you didn't of all those songs you mentioned, and Van Halen's done some covers. Mm-hmm. I don't remember any of the covers being on that list. Like there wasn't, you really got me. Was that on there? You, and pretty woman. And pre- Oh, okay. All right. Now here's the thing. Do you know what's not on that list? Mm. Out of all of those songs right now, anything, Sammy, song. <laughs> anything, Sammy helped write. Wait, and, what? Wait, what? Yeah. The, it, this is 
unfortunately, what sucks about this band is they will tout being brothers at the same time as ignoring and or pretending this didn't happen. The alumni. And Dave does it. The Van Halen brothers do it. Wolfie doesn't do it because Wolfie's just happy to be there and he's contributing and he's and he's enabling in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, but Michael remembers, <laughs> Sammy remembers, and and it, it's unfortunate because I think that's kind of what holds it back too. Where when you see when you see Dave perform, he's performing before he's he's delivering. You know what I'm saying? You get it? He he's got the moves before he's got very the voice. Wabi sabi. Yes, very, very wabi sabi. <laughs> um, but but you know, okay. Or he already made his bones though. Yeah. Um, the the brothers want to forget that Michael was also one of their brothers. Yeah. You know. Um. So there's always this weird unstable ground and I feel it when I listen to this album and when I see them talk about this album and play around this time that they're all being like uh, forgetful of the bricks that laid the road that they're standing on you know it's still great there's always going to be that question what if yeah and I'm not saying Michael should have been there like that's a whole different thing you know this album had to have this configuration to, to get pulled off. Um, but it doesn't mean you got to forget what came before, you know, and, and including Sammy, you know. It would be killer to hear Dave sing right now. Uh, here's the thing. No, I know, I know. I'm not saying it would sound so what great, happened was. but it would be killer to hear it. You know, to hear him stab at a few of those. To hear it, and then all of a sudden maybe try to make it his own, like to put him outside. Yeah. Same same way with what what I think would be killer is if Eddie would have played with other people. Yeah. It would have been killer to hear that. A little bit with like maybe Brian good, maybe May. Not, but, he, he would dabble, yeah. but nothing mm. substantial. Yeah, same with the Rev, you know, mm. like it, it, those those kind of things. And I think that's that's the blocker that they have is in, in the long memory, but they also have a short memory or the selective memory. Selective. Yeah. But maybe, maybe that's the recipe that makes this fucking gumbo stew is just like the fact that they, for better or worse, like just didn't look outside <laughs> their camp and their, I mean, what we're yeah, yeah. what we've been talking about for well, how many episodes did you say we did tonight, Chris? This is number 16. This 16. is number 16, which is another way to say just like, we're covering all these albums with, with, with essentially this Van Halen family, and like they're so tied into each other that this what we're talking about is what comes out of just this crazy yeah. dynamic that we all keep coming back to and talking about. Yeah. And in that gumbo stew, you were like, you know, like a few weeks ago, you go, Ben Gumbo. I had this gumbo, and I'm I'm sure there was some chopped up hot dog in there, and I really like that. <laughs> and the chef goes, there was never chopped up hot dog no, in there. No. There was never chopped up hot dog. That was fucking lobster, you twat. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Jeff. Listen, Cabo Wubba Cabbage, get it out of my get it out of my gumbo. <laughs> Aurora Borealis shining oh, down in Dallas. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm glad this is not going to be the last time that we get together because we're definitely going to have to cover this Japanese live album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. probably definitely going to have to cover some other shit after that. We'll find a there's, reason. There's stuff to talk about. And and I, I will always find stuff to talk about if we want to get together be, with the live album or beyond because, like, the crack research team we that we have on board, like... for them, too. They've been strong this whole series. This whole series. And I, we could have done a whole... Uh, discussion about which they found our correct research team. Do you guys, are you familiar with that early Van Halen when they were on tour, maybe in the early seventies, maybe, maybe, sorry, late seventies, early eighties. It's that shot of Eddie and Dave underneath the McDonald's sign. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, um, what our crack research team found was the photographer who shot that because the Van Halen nerds that are just like so nerdy about all this <laughs> shit would be like, well, what city was that? It was this one. It was that one. And that's the argument online. And I, I came across this random, uh, it was the photographer and who lay, basically laid it down, which is a long way to say like, whatever, the, whatever we want to talk about this episode brought you by Jameson, by the way. Um, whatever we want to talk about, there's always going to be like something Van Halen related yes. that, that can yeah. be dissected to fucking death Forever. because that is just how. If you're listening to this, yeah. you're you know. one of them. You know. So. And thank you for listening. Yes. And Mark Nificent, get off our nuts already. Here's your episode. <laughs> Doing our best. <laughs> <laughs> and. There'll be more to come. So, in conclusion, to my pal, El Pagano. Yes, yes. Sacred G. Mm-hmm. And the thick white duke saying, happy trails, everybody. Good night, brochachos. You're listening to the TNE Network. Yeah.